Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't like blood and guts, but I love them when they're lengthily discussed. listeners to the With Gorley and Rust podcast free feed, please enjoy this complimentary episode of In Myers We Trust with Gorley and Rust. It's the first of our 13-part series on the Halloween film franchise that we recorded years ago and finally got back due to expiring rights issues. It's all very legal and all very boring, and you can hear the rest of the 12 episodes at patreon.com slash withgorleyandrust. There you'll also find feature-length film commentaries, mailbag episodes, cozy brackets, movie drafts, and all kinds of other goodies. Why do I sound so sultry and whiskey-voiced? Because I have a cold. Cold? Like an autumn day? Say October 31st in Haddonfield, Illinois? Enjoy, joy, joy. Wake up in the morning with Bradley and Terrence on Haddonfield Pirate Radio. My name's Bradley Droop. And I'm Terrence Flim. And this is Pirate Radio Haddonfield coming to you live from my mom's basement. Hello, Haddonfield. Happy Halloween. That's right. It's autumn. We just got back from an amazing summer camp stay at Crystal Lake where nothing happened all the way since 58 and nothing will ever happen again. Not since 58 have there been such a lack of homicides. <laughs> and it's notable. Same thing with Haddonfield. Nothing's happened here since 63 when that poor Judith Myers girl got killed. You know, I pity those who were alive in 58 and 63, which seemed to be the only times people were murdered. Yeah, and we're really into true crime, and there's nothing going on, and I hope that's popular one day. Yeah, but until then, we're just going to be doing our pirate radio station here, because we felt, you know, doing the announcements at the camp was one thing. You know, it was a pool that was fun to swim in. But when we got back to Haddonfield, we felt the broadcasters in us were still alive. That's right. It's 1978. That great film Star Wars has been out for a year. <laughs> 
That's right. And Smokey and the Bandit's been out for a year. And I believe Moonraker. <laughs> no, that's not no, right. That's next year. It's, I read well, about it. It's, okay. it's Starlog. It's coming. If Moonraker came out the same year as Star Wars, that would be incredible amount of ability to predict. Okay. <laughs> oh, what's that? I just had to adjust our recording levels because we're doing this on analog gear going out shortwave pirate radio ham CB. So it wasn't a stir in the night. It wasn't a twig being broken in the yard or anything oh. spooky or mysterious. It was yeah. just problems with the equipment. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, again, there hasn't been a death for 10 years and before that, 5 years. So there's no reason to believe anything bad is going to happen here in Haddonfield in 1978 on this day, October 30th. Brother, I couldn't agree more. Now, let's play some uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, man. <laughs> you don't want to play... Why are you stalling, Paul, by Annie, who lives down the street? Yeah, no, that's what I meant. Do you know that song? No. There's also that one that girl Lori sings when she's walking down the street <laughs> yes, all the time. Okay. She's always singing that. She's got a good voice and yeah. a, a, a knack for tunesmithing. Those girls are so cute. I have such a crush on Annie. Yeah. I wish they would go to camp with us, but they're too much older than us. I think so, but that girl Linda likes guys with glasses. Hey, we both wear glasses. Yeah. Sometimes the same pair at the same time. Totally. Ah, uh, maybe someday I'd work up the nerve to talk to and 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 Annie. <laughs> anyway, they smoke pot, so I'm afraid. Yeah, nope. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. All right, well, that's been today's broadcast. Thanks for tuning uh, uh, another in. Another uh, non-eventful uh, broadcast, but mm-hmm. I guess that's what's to be expected in plain old quiet Haddonfield. We'll be back to you tomorrow when it'll be the same way. Bye. Same way. We're back. We're it back. just feels right. It does feel right. I was, you know, it was funny. I was thinking about it feels right in the way that, um, you know, people wouldn't, you know, sometimes people say like, like an old pair of shoes, but it's not that because this pair of shoes ain't old yet. Yeah. It's more like you bought a chair and you sat in it and you liked it when you first bought it. And then a year later you go and you sit in the chair again and, you're like, and you go, I'm glad I bought this chair. No buyer's remorse. Yeah, no buyer's remorse a year later here. Yeah. Like, it, it fit off the rack. It's like clothes that don't need to be tailored, you know? Yes, non-tailored, off-the-rack clothes that a year later you still want to wear. That's right. That's what this podcast is. And brother, I couldn't be more happy. The best, I got the best seat in the house sitting across from you, mister. There's only one better seat, buddy, <laughs> and that? I had to pay up the nose for it. And that's mine <laughs> looking at you. There was that scalper outside who uh, really uh, took us for a ride, both of us. (laughs) It's like the movie itself, Halloween, is like that old chair, you know? That's true. I love that extrapolation. Well, you set it up. I just knocked it down. No, but to dovetail it to the movie. Well, that's why we're The movie that we're talking about, because it is. You, uh, uh, that movie... What, over 40 years old now? Oh, boy. 40 plus? Yeah. 1978? 41 years ago. And it's still standing strong, like a well-made chair. Mm -hmm. But here's the other thing. 
when the movie got done, this was my first thought when it, when it finished up. I was like, it is still modern. Yeah. That chair, it's 40 years old, but it still looks modern. I guess so, yeah. It's come back around, but did it ever even go out? I don't think so. I think it's like a... What piece of architecture or furniture? You're good at that stuff. You're a craftsman. It's a, that you can most compare it to where I was like, eh, it never went out of style. Exactly. Maybe an Eames chair mm. or a stickly chair. Now, they had their like heydays, and there were times when sure. they weren't as popular. Yeah. Like, let's say the 90s when the Scream movies came out. <laughs> but... There was no Eames chairs in uh, the Scream movie. No, the Scream Eames chair. (laughs) 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 These chairs, they'll always come back around again like like an old penny. I don't know what that expression means. I just heard it in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, uh, pennies always, they turn back up. Yeah. Bad ones, I guess. Yeah, I'm like a bad penny. I mm. always turn up. Huh, I don't know. Did that but, ever make sense? I don't think so. I think uh, now yeah. with some reflection. Yeah. I think it was this sort of thing at the time when it came out, people were too nervous to ask. Yeah, I should know what that means. Yeah. Oh my God, I don't even know what that means. Now, I've never had finally. Sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a virgin and I've never heard this term. It must be a sex thing. As soon as you have sex, they tell you what that means. <sighs> <sighs> Uh, but yes, uh, the movie itself, it's a, I mean, yeah, like it's still always going to look like it's a 1978 with the haircuts and stuff, but overall, uh, like it cut to the, at the very end of the, all the spoiler alerts, but when it like cuts to black at the very end of credits, I was like, oh, that still feels like a fresh editing, uh, that whole last like 30 seconds. I was just like, that's still, still holds up brother. Yeah. And I guess this is going to be the larger conversation because this movie does hold up incredibly well, and even the things that date it, to me, are strengths, and I don't know if that's nostalgia or, like, my formative years, but I wasn't joking in that Bradley-Terrence segment, and, I, and we are not Bradley and Terrence. We, let, I just heard an you early just copy. Mater- we write their material. We do, we do. Yeah, we <laughs> both represent them and write their material, but... Annie from this movie, I don't know what it is, but, like, that, she must have formed early on in me what what i found attractive or oh, something most definitely i yeah. have such a crush on annie well yeah it's annie of all of them for me yeah um linda's and we're, let's make it clear it's annie in the movie halloween not annie from the movie <laughs> <Annie>. <laughs> i don't want this to be taken out of context i'm like i'm team annie <laughs> little orphan annie yeah i'm team yeah. little orphan annie <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I'm talking about Little Orphan Annie. Oh, you are? Okay, no, no I meant Annie from the Halloween uh, film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, no, I, uh, I, 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 when I was watching it, I was like, oh, Annie's the best. But this, this movie formed... Lori's <laughs> cool, too. Yeah, they're yeah, all great. Yeah. That's what's awesome about it, man. There's mm-hmm. a couple scenes in there, like, when they first, like, walk... Across, we're jumping around here, but it's yeah. just out of enthusiasm, That's right, people. yeah. I mean, we gotta, <laughs> we've been storing this up for almost a year now. Plus, I mean, yeah. uh, you could argue since we first started watching it. Right. When you first right. watched Halloween, we've even stored this up. <sighs> That's true. That's uh, true. Um, but, the like, when they walk across the street together the after school... Um, uh, uh, Annie and uh, Lori and uh, Lynn. Linda. Linda. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you know her close, you can. <laughs> Bob probably calls her Lynn. Hey, Lynn. Can you yeah. give me a beer? 
<laughs> they're always asking each other for beers. I know. The dud Bob. Yeah. Um, but just the way when they're talking there, that's like one of the points in the movie. The other one is like when they're driving the car and the sun's going down and like yeah. that sunset. I'm like, if this was also the whole movie, I love it. Like yeah, just seeing that? them hang out and talk with each I other. Know. It's very uh um hypnotic or something it is and there's something about even though it was filmed in southern california they still managed to capture it on a not super sunny day right and they're throwing those fall leaves in yeah it feels so real and i proposed one of these episodes you and i take a little field trip out to some of those locations and we'll record our reactions i've done that before but i think i was just practicing for when i go with you you know (laughs) you would have to work up the courage the first time around so i run you wouldn't look nervous and funny because they're five minutes from here and it's michael myers house laurie strode's house and the hedge especially are the things in south pasadena and the strode house the people that live there are so cool they put a little sign out with some pumpkins saying take a picture with one of these pumpkins we know where we're living that's awesome yeah because my uh wife and i i uh she's a big poltergeist fan and we went out to like this like a petting zoo sort of farm thing a a few months ago and i i was like ooh, i think we're really close to the poltergeist house so we went there and it was raining and uh my wife was like uh i'm gonna hop out and knock on the door (gasps) oh this is a notorious curmudgeon that lives there Oh, is it? That person hates that people come to their house where like the Strode people don't mind. Oh, well, this is what I was going to, I was bringing up as a compare and contrast. Yeah. Uh, She didn't knock on the door. I misspoke there. She went up and it was like. (laughs) She barged up. (laughs) I took a picture while the poltergeist theme like played in our car. I took like a video of her and then like her running down the steps like she was scared, you know, (laughs) which I'm sure the homeowner sees all the time. People (laughs) pretending to run away from where they live, being scared. But the the reason we went up is because all the blinds were down. It looked like nobody was there. She hopped in the car, and when we did the U-turn just to come back and drive by the house, all the blinds were up and the lights were on. It was very much like a, hey, I was home. Yeah. That's not cool. Which it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. cool. But those Strode people, they seemed the Strode home. The Strode home. They're cool. Strode hoed. Um, yeah, buddy, I'd love to definitely go over and check those spots out. You... Uh, yeah. I love Pasadena. The uh, tree-lined uh, streets are very, uh, uh, not only, uh, they're idyllic. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of an overcast day today, so it feels like the beginning of fall for real. Halloween's just around the corner, the holiday. There were many hot days the last couple of days that where we could have recorded this. It's it's something. Yeah, it, it might have affected the podcast. Like, we would have been bummed or down or not ourselves. I think the fact that the podcast was recording today affected the weather. Absolutely. Chicken or the egg. And I'll tell you what, it's podcast or the weather, and it's podcast. Uh, yeah, chicken or egg, I'll give you two words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, well, what I thought would be a good way to start off is just oh. talking about our personal experiences our histories before we knew each other Mm -hmm. that were in relationship to halloween uh i think yours is the juiciest so you should start it's oh gosh okay now i uh not only have i told the story on podcast before but i've told it so many times that i've set it up with have if you've heard this please forgive me but i feel like this if ever was a place to tell this story of course so yeah feel free to skip ahead or i'll give you the more no, no, this no, is no. This the more poignant version. This is the um, what's the what's a word like the code key or the 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 
like by listening to this, we'll un- unlock everything we need to know about Halloween. I got you. And yeah. if you skip through it, you're a dork. Yeah, why are you here in the first place? Oh, uh, we should also mention that this is a continuation of In Voorhees We Trust. Right. With Gorley and Russ. Yes. Uh, so if you are if you hear this and you go, oh, I like hearing these guys talk about dangerous killers, mm-hmm. they should hop over there. And it's about those Friday 13th movies. And now we've moved, much like a franch- horror franchise itself, we now have a sequel. Right. Yeah, and I'm Matt Geyers now, we should mention. Oh, right. Because I've officially and legally changed my name for the sake of the rhyme of the title of this podcast. And that's no bullshit. I'm, I filed you did those it for papers. Real. Yeah. I know a lot of people were going, oh, that's funny. It's a funny joke title. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if we had come up with it as a joke, yeah, it would be funny. But yeah. you, this isn't a joke for us. You actually changed your name. That's why it took us a year to get this out. Yeah, I had the to go through hell. Red tape oh. at the name changing. Uh, we're not going to mention their names because after we do, they'll want to change their names. Yeah, and dealing with SAG because you know that old myth that you can't have the same name. And there's already a Matt Geyers. He's a he's a lighting grip on. Yeah, the he's show not even Billions. an actor. Yeah, or he played a lighting grip on Larry Sanders show, right? <laughs> So it's complicated, but yeah. that's how we got us. So yeah, now how does it feel to be with a new? I mean, it has to be obviously a big change. I feel like a new man, but I feel like I did it because this is who I really am <laughs> to talk about this. Like Geyer's just feels right. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it should have been your name all along. Maybe. I think so, and I think, and definitely, if we ever do in Kruger, we trust with Gruger and Rust. <laughs> That's also, also a name that feels right. Also, buddy, you don't have to take the bullet on this. If at any point we start to feel differently than trust oh, about right. these monsters, if we start to waver and we don't like, have full trust and we need to change that verb and then I need to change my name to match the verb, I think I'm it's, happy to. Look forward to next season, which is <laughs> in Kruger, we're dubious with Gruger and Rubius. Well, that might well, that's actually great. be No, it. that's awesome. We already have that picked out. Yeah. Because before the last season, the whole thing we were worried about was, what's the new name going to be? We already figured out the name for the next one. And Kruger, we're dubious, dubious with Gruger and Rubius. I hope, oh my God, that uh, that uh, comedy team in Los Angeles, Gruger and Rubius, they're going to be a little upset. Yeah, and one half of them is a diehard villain. Almost. Almost. Uh, well, I bet they'll have a good lawyer defend them. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Other than um, representing misunderstood serial killers, I also happen to do name fraud, particularly at Nakatomi Plaza, <laughs> where my little friend Hans Gruger, who has pointy little metal fingers, and fine tailored suits, but don't judge him for that. He didn't pay for him with any ill-gotten gains. No bearer bonds. <laughs> Played to the tune of Ode to Joy. Anyway, I gotta go. I'm doing... How do you, but how do you, uh, I'm the judge. Hi, judge. <laughs> how Your do Honor. you feel about these new uh, newcomers coming along, changing their name? Don't you think there's a product? Why am I uh, acting like an attorney? <laughs> it's okay, judge. Uh, I want you to speak to the case of the boys who took their names to do this goofy podcast. Hey, oh, oh, I'm flying. <laughs> 
what? what? Why are you flying? I don't understand. I think he just, it seemed like that judge just really wanted to get out of there <laughs> immediately. And realized he'd come in and wasn't happy. Please come back, judge. A courtroom without a judge is like um, a Japanese horror film without a grudge. <laughs> Whoa, Matt, I didn't know if you could stick the landing, but that was really good. The Court grudge. is adjourned. Click. Wait. Can <laughs> we shut off the tape? Judge, may oh. I ask you why you do not have a gavel, but instead have one of those grasshopper clicker toys from the 1950s? Sentimental reason. Uh, <laughs> Click. Oh God, I'm so oh. glad that uh, that old Southern attorney got to visit us so so quickly, so early yeah, I on. Didn't expect that. Uh, uh, it's almost uh, like we just love doing stuff for the fans. That's right. We'll do anything. You know what? Because the fans are us, and we're the fans, That's and it's right. all one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, tell me about your uh, Halloween. Okay. Well, the thing I love is that we went through all the uh, Friday Thirteenth films, and and we both love both of these franchises. But that was your baby, and and yes. maybe this one's my baby. Yes. And I had this situation. Uh, this movie came out in '78, so it must have hit early cable TV, which we had, which was called Select TV. Mm. I don't know when this was, though. It would have been like probably 79 or 80. Okay, so, so that, before any like sequels, it wasn't like you knew yeah. about it because part three was coming no, out in No, way before or, that. Oh. And I must have been six or seven, I don't know, and we had this substitute babysitter. Like, we always had this one babysitter named Jeanette, and she was like Laurie Strode. Like, she was great. Just, they actually remind me of each other. Isn't that know? so crazy yeah. that like uh, this happened while you were being babysat i know and i think i conflate the, the sure. movies like this we ju- i'm gonna joke and everything like that but this was a tr- <laughs> truly <laughs> traumatic point in my life and if if i have an origin story for whatever that would mean this is sadly it um and so i don't know why she wasn't available so we got diane from down the street and let's just i don't want to disparage <laughs> diane as she's listening here on stitcher premium <laughs> Hey, uh, in the words of uh, Michael Jackson, Disparage Diana! Disparage Diana! (laughs) Anyway, whatever she was, empathy wasn't a part of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most disparaging thing you can say about something. They lack the human quality of recognizing others' feelings. <laughs> and particularly empathy for children. <laughs> okay. I think she uh, poisoned her pets. <laughs> she is like a real uh, sociopath. Let's just say when Michael Myers eats a dog because he's hungry, <laughs> she identified with that. She stood up and cheered. Yeah. She thought Michael Myers was the hero. And anyway, my, it was my sister and I being babysat. She was three years older than me. And also my sister, who I just adore. Mm-hmm. We were so close now. But in our childhood years, we had some... You get some scraps. Yeah, yeah. So they both wanted to watch... Nice catch on that mic stand. Thank you. You don't even know what happened here, but we averted a major <laughs> podcast crisis. Um. They wanted to watch Halloween on Select TV, and it was on. Ooh, two against one. Not only that, they wanted to turn out all the lights in the house and Oof. watch the goddamn movie. 
I was six or seven. But so you're for your sister as a nine or ten year old, that's also pretty I brave know, but of her. Somehow it didn't bother her. That's another thing I couldn't figure was out. Was she courting favor with uh, Diana? Probably. Like, oh, she's the cool older girl. Yeah. So we and can... I think she was like quick to want to grow up. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Like Sorry. that yeah. kind of thing yeah. where I was like, and still am quick yeah. to want to grow down. Uh, <laughs> so the movie gets put on and like the first thing you hear is that music. And Oof. I don't care if you don't have a history with that music. You know that that music is yeah, that's scary. Spooky. Yeah. It's one of the scariest, most well-written horror theme songs of all time yeah, you would have to be an insane person to hear that music and think <laughs> it didn't like suggest something foreboding yeah like if you heard it was like that's a real uh toe tapper you'd be like oh, <laughs> oh i really? have a michael before me yeah you tap your toes in five four time well sure <laughs> i've only got nine toes five and four on one feet <laughs> oh that's what that means when they do mm-hmm. when a drummer taps in five four rhythm he has five toes and four toes and each toe gets a beat and they individually tap. When they say toe tapping, that's what they mean. Oh, that's where it comes. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah. That's why all musicians, typically all pop musicians, are missing a toe on each foot. So they play in 4-4 four, four time. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a little bit of a um, kind of a, a, you know, a chicken or the egg sort right, of that's thing. True. Where it's like, oh, did they like develop that talent because they had nine <laughs> toes? Or <laughs> Anyway... So I proceeded to watch this movie because I, even though I was petrified to watch it from the very beginning, I didn't want to go into the rest of the house because it was dark. And I guess I could have turned on a light, but I was afraid to be alone. Yeah. So I started watching the movie and just, oh God, I remember all those, like the, the scene where they drive up to the institution and those patients are just walking in the Ooh. rain and Michael Myers breaks the car. And like that was enough for me. I was freaking out. And that's the very beginning. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I, and then I remember some of the stuff of like the graveyard and, and then stalking Annie. And then at that point, I was so afraid that I sat in the doorway of the family room where it was being watched. So I couldn't see the TV, but I was, still could see Jenny and Diane, little ditty. Um, and, <laughs> and so I could hear the movie. And, and then when the end came around, my dad got home. And I was, I went into him where the kitchen, in the kitchen, and he was like, because the babysitter was still there until my mom got home, he was doing some work, but I was too afraid to tell him I was afraid. So I wanted to be in there with him, but he was kind of doing work. And then I was morbidly fascinated with seeing the end of the movie. Yeah. So I would kind of jump back in. And then for the rest of my life, really, I had these harrowing nightmares and I would, couldn't go to sleep. And my mom would come in and sit with me. Until I fell asleep, but then I trained myself to wake up 20 minutes later to see that she was still there, which I still do to this day because of this movie. Every night. You wake up what, like? About 20 minutes after I fall asleep. And I wake up usually with like, (gasps) like that kind of thing. Wow. And I'm not even afraid. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not afraid of these movies because I wouldn't watch this one alone (laughs) last two (laughs) nights ago. But the, it's definitely, there's a morbid fascination here of, of trying to get closure or understand myself or something. And then earthquakes and nuclear war were also a huge thing when I was a kid. And the three of them are somehow conflated. And I just... Like in dreams, they come together like it'll be like, oh, there's a nuclear attack and now you're kind of like left alone in your home 
and there's a killer who could kill you sort of like thing. Like, All the just yeah. existential dread yes. that a kid probably shouldn't be dealing with at that <laughs> age. But then I would see like Friday the 13th and Alien. And so I would have the same dream where usually Michael Myers is chasing me around my house and my house, you could go in a circle. There was like a hallway uh, into uh-huh. a room that you could go in and out of at different sides. And it was usually my mom and I getting chased and I would have to leave my mom behind if I wanted to live. And it was always this like decision Oof. I had to make. I know it's too heavy for all this, but no, no, I, that was an empathetic. <laughs> unlike uh, Diana, yeah. I was, had empathetic, like, Oh my gosh, that's really, that's hard as a kid to have to be feeling that like yeah. uh, bad dreams are the worst because you have zero control over it when you go to bed at night. And I still have Michael Myers dreams. I had one the other night. I had a Michael Myers and a Voorhees dream. Whoa. But Voorhees. The Voorhees dream was just doing this podcast with me. You woke up screaming. <laughs> That's a dream. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, he was like just a, a mentally challenged nerd in my dream. Was, well, I don't. <laughs> you sure it wasn't about me? <laughs> Um, and then, so then I didn't see the movie until I was like basically an older teenager. And when I saw it, because I had seen it piecemeal the first time, I had nightmares about it so often that I didn't, I had made up a version of it in my head that didn't exist. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah. so like, it what was happened? weird where I would be like, where's the scene where all the teenagers are sitting on a staircase, cutting their own wrists and things like that. <laughs> I know that's dark and horrible. I wasn't like, I, I didn't. No, feel that way myself, but like I, as a kid, that happens all the time. You have to like plug in the gaps so you do it with like stuff that's just scary. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And then I've I've watched it ever since. But the first one and somewhat the second one too really mm-hmm. does. It's hard for me to watch. That's alone. awesome, though. I mean, that's not awesome that you have to go through those feelings, but uh, it's awesome that a movie has that uh, power, and it's awesome that you enjoy going back and rewatching it oh, to yeah, feel those twisted. feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine it's like how some people go back for abuse in some ways. You know, I'm happy that mine is a pop culture thing from 1978. Yeah. That plays on cable yeah. a few times a year. So you can always, uh, yeah. I mean, I wonder as you were telling me too, I thought, Oh, you're also Tommy's age mm-hmm. watching this in a living room that probably looks like yours in a neighborhood. It's 100%. different than uh, Dracula or Creature from the Black Lagoon, other movies you could watch as a kid where you're like, well, that's in a swamp. I mean, already your brain as a kid yeah. thinks the Wolfman or you'd think Jaws could be in your bathtub. Yeah. Like, kids already make exactly. that leap that the monster's around. So the fact that this movie does it by having to be like, yeah, you're with your babysitter in your living room and you could get killed and you're watching it with your babysitter. I know. I wanted room. to scream, like, are we not learning anything from this, <laughs> Diane? Like, this is real. And then just to wrap it up, I, I may have told this yeah. story before too, but when I was probably, <clears throat> I don't know, probably 10 or 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, maybe not even that much. I was coming home from work at night, late at night, and I lived by myself in this area in Long Beach that was not the greatest neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of had to park like a block away the from my house. The beach was actually short? Yeah. Can you believe False that? advertising. False advertising. And I put in a lawsuit, and I had this great lawyer. <laughs> um, and I'm walking down the street, and it was around Halloween, because I would kind of walk down the middle of the street, because like there was... Like, mm-hmm. the sidewalks were overgrown, and it was scary, frankly. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. it seems safer to be where all the streetlights are hitting on the, yeah. the street. Yeah. And then 
a full block away by himself is a guy dressed as Michael Myers walking towards me, coveralls, mask, everything. And I was like, is this a joke? Because I've I've long been, I don't even want to say this because I don't want anyone to do it, but I've always kind of suspected a friend of mine is going to pull a Michael Myers prank on me and it will be the worst joke ever because I will probably punch them. Yeah, don't do it. If you're thinking about it, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. So, but I thought funny. maybe that's hack. <laughs> I know. If if anything, just stop it because it's hack. Yeah. Oh, you scare your friend with the thing that scared him. Big higher b- bar. You yeah, know? get a higher God. bar. And anyway, I just thought like, is this a joke? And then I keep walking, and I'm like, I don't even know if it is. I'm petrified, but I'm just gonna walk to toward it and just like <sighs> see, like just like this is a moment. Even if it's ridiculous and comical, I'm going to use this as a personal growth moment You're or like Luke in the cave with well, yeah. uh, a Dagobah. Yeah, I cut he- Mikers Miles head Mikers Miles heads off and, and his my face, face was under the mask. Mine. Oh no. 6-year-old me. <laughs> but I get closer and closer to Michael Myers and the closer I get I notice there's something different about the mask and I get within I don't know 10 feet of him and he's got a Hitler mustache drawn on the Michael Myers mustache Whoa. on the Michael Myers mask. And and then I was like, well, this is gilding the lily. It's too much. It's <laughs> comical. I laughed it off, and we walked right past each other. I never knew who it was, why they were by themselves. I don't know what. So did that person laugh too? No, they never said a word. And so God knows, maybe deep. I dreamed it. I don't know. I'm certain this happened. But. No, I'm certain it happened. They, but this person was just... Uh, Either deranged or like a jokester. Yeah, but why Michael Myers isn't enough for you that you got to put a Hitler mustache on it? Yeah, was this around Halloween time? Yeah, it was. It was very close. So that is like a idiot doesn't believe in his costume enough. So he's like, before I go out, yes, a Hitler mustache. And you're like, what? Jimmy has a better Michael Myers costume Uh, than me. He got it. And Roger has a better Hitler costume than me. What am I gonna do? Oh, my God. Wait a minute. I'll beat those bastards both at their own game. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I love it. that. That's a... Um, well, it's because it's a... Um, that truly does feel like you meeting that... Encountering that person uh, feels like a true, like, whoa, fate is coming along to see if you can uh, rise to the occasion. It felt like... That or at least I definitely projected that onto it, and then since I thought maybe, well, maybe that's my like comic beat of closure. But I still occasionally have the nightmares, and I've you know like I've discussed this in therapy. Even it's yeah. just for whatever reason, I'm not scared of Michael Myers in my waking day. Right. But when I get to my subconscious, it still like represents some kind of really traumatic fear, and and that yeah. that it has a face. Like that's the weird thing is yes. my fear. Right, has a face, <laughs> has a face. <laughs> and a shape. Yes, you know? yeah. Wow, man, that's a. Uh... Well, I hope um, uh, as we talk through these movies, I'd it. love to keep going back to like your experiences and if you have other dreams. Yeah, well, I mean, if that's I'm not sure. too no, I'm invading your privacy. I'll but... treat this as a type of you know therapy or whatever. But I'm in as the experiment. You know? Well, if I could play doctor, you know, and have a little notepad, Doctor no- Who. Doctor Who. No. <laughs> I'll play Doctor Who. No. I meant Doctor Loomis. <laughs> Doctor Hoomis. <laughs> oh my, my god. Todd you is... guys, you gotta do this uh 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 
what's what are those called uh, when they put two songs together? Oh, uh, mashup. Uh, yeah, you yeah. got to do this character mashup of Doctor Who and Doctor Loomis. Doctor Loomis. That Dalek is pure evil. <laughs> well, we should just close shop now. What are we even doing this anymore after that? Well, we're just getting started now. Tell me <laughs> your origin with this. My movie. origin is um, ain't as juicy. Anus juicy? <laughs> what? There's a lot of Wait, anus. I thought mine was... You're like, I was sweating a lot when I was watching those scary movies, but I didn't think uh, that was true anal juicy. <laughs> no, I... Uh, <laughs> um, I, for me, it was like at the level of like a lore that was like talked about uh, on the playground and cafeterias mm. and stuff, which it was on the level of... The Exorcist, which is, if you watch this movie, <laughs> you'll go insane. You know, like, <laughs> yes, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Like, yeah. I heard about a kid who saw The Exorcist, and he killed himself. He was so freaked out. Or, right. You know. Dungeons and Dragons kind of Yes, lore. yeah. It had that level of, like, infamy attached to it. Because how many of these movies were out at this point? Because you wouldn't have even No, that No, that was part of what was... That's interesting you asked that, because that was part of what was difficult about navigating these movies when I first started watching them, was because by that point, when I heard people talking about it, it was between five and six. Mm. And so you'd hear stuff described about parts four or parts five, because that was the one being watched at the mm -hmm. moment. And then when I'm watching Halloween for the first time, there's no girl in a clown suit. Like, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah okay. Like, Wait, yeah, you're right. There is no girl in a cloud suit. But like, because I heard it from other movies oh, yes, and stuff, I'm yeah. like, where is she? I don't. And then I'm like, oh, I've just been hearing a mishmash of all this. Mm -hmm. But like, I remember one story was like, you know, my uncle, he saw it when it first came out. And uh, not my uncle, not Paul's uncle, but a friend. Was he like, might have. <laughs> a friend's older brother talking about a friend he had. His like uncle saw in the theater and like... He, when he left the theater, he ran all the way home from the theater to his house to get back because he was convinced somebody was trying to kill oh, him. After I get it. Oh. So it was like, oh, it has that power. And so by the time I eventually saw it, I think I was like in junior high and high school where I had already watched things that were more graphic and mm -hmm. gorier and uh because this movie's fairly tame in terms yes, of graphic yeah i would say that was probably would be most people's reaction watching it now would be yeah. like in addition to it being like very well crafted and well mm -hmm. made you'd be like oh this is better made than most slasher movies of this ilk it's just finely made i think you'd also be like oh and there's not there's hardly any gore and there's hardly any yeah deaths. no that's one thing i'm curious about and we'll get back yep. to, it's just do younger people of today see these movies in the same way, for instance, that we might have looked at universal monster movies and gone like, they aren't scary. They're just not. And I could totally see how that's the case. Or even Psycho. Like, Psycho was never really scary to me as a kid. Because uh -huh. it was too much of a bygone time. I can't, I can't view this movie through objective eyes. It's grandfathered in no matter yeah. what. Same thing with like Return of the Jedi. That's a good movie to me. I can't see it as a bad movie because right. I was so happy to see it as a kid where I was so traumatized to see this. They are baked in and they're not yeah. changing. There's no way that you can like uh, uncross that wire now. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast yeah. but you've never seen the movie, watch it and let us know by, we don't have an email, but maybe come around. <laughs> 
I don't know, or Twitter or whatever. Well, you know, it, to be honest, I'm a little bit a part of that, which is when I saw right. Halloween, okay, yeah. I, it didn't... By that point, and clearly, I, as I just said, I was like, oh, I, I had it so built up. There's no way that movie could have matched, hey, if you watch this, you'll regret that you're still alive <laughs> was like basically the implication <laughs> powerful <laughs> film they'll make you wish you were dead powerful before independent somebody could kill film. you yeah yeah uh so uh but that's not to say i didn't like it or i thought ooh, i watched it and i was just like oh this is awesome this is uh-huh. such a effective scary i might not have used it in those words i was just like <laughs> i saw a horror kid. movie in high school and i was like this is awesome this, this is an so- effective treatise <laughs> maybe i did i most likely was like this is very effective friends 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 <laughs> this means pepper wait uh, people have been like echoing that back to us and i cannot remember what the setup to that is oh I know. Well, just for the uh, sorry for people who do remember, but for the people who are joining us here before yeah. they listen to our Jason podcast, yeah. maybe we'll just like there. I went to a day camp like when I was like in fifth or sixth grade. There was a kid <laughs> named Benji that everybody teased, and they were chasing around in the cafeteria, and you could see he they cornered him at one point. You could see oh, I got something that's going to make me look cool or funny and win everybody back. And he picked up a pepper shaker and he lifted it above his head to the kids chasing him and he went, this means pepper! And he started like shaking pepper on the like It was his twist on this means war, which is so funny that a kid oh. thought like, a twist on this means war will win me friends! Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, Benji, uh, well, he's probably like a... They teased him and he avenged. He either <laughs> killed a bunch of people yeah. or turned into a real hunk. Like that. All I know That's, from movies is you go two ways. Michael seems like he's a hunk in the sense that he has strength and power. Yeah, and the little kid version of him is like a good-looking kid. And then when Michael's mask comes off briefly, they hired a different actor rather than Nick Castle. And they hired him because I think he was supposed to look slightly angelic, like good-looking, which is an interesting take on it. When they take the mask off, he's got that, like, Kind of gummy eye. Yeah, <laughs> it's a gummy eye, <laughs> like a gummy bear, but yeah. an eye. Uh-huh. Um, I think we might have talked about this in the previous podcast. I always thought it was that it was like a mutation, and that they took they made Jason look like that, basically as a ripoff. Like, oh, these two are two mm-hmm. boys who look monstrous. Uh, but you th- you said you think it's because the needle point, the coat the hanger, the coat hanger. I think so. Yeah. I think so too because rewatching it, Doctor Loomis when he's describing him, he never goes like he has a weird gum eye. <laughs> he's pure evil, and to look at him, whoo, I mean, I'm telling you, this guy. And I, look at I have burn scars. I I get it. He but, fell off the ugly tree <laughs> and hit every branch. Michael is pure ugmo. <laughs> he's a real swamp thing. Oh, man, I wish there was a Loomis Swamp Thing crossover. <laughs> Can you imagine him investigating that little Bayou rascal? You're telling me he was a scientist. That's right. They're both doctors in their fields. Yeah. Or swamps. <laughs> but so uh, then I watched a bunch of the... The last thing I'd say sort of about watching these movies, I've now watched Halloween... Uh, over a 
couple Jason dozens. Yeah. Like probably nearly 30 times. Me too. I watch it maybe twice a year. I just, mm. I love Halloween. I think it's, I might say it's like a flawless flip film. I think I agree. There's maybe like one or two moments where I kind of go, eh. But other than that, it's like perfectly made film. So yeah. for that reason alone, I keep rewatching it. And yeah. it's, even though I think Friday the 13th is better consistently mm-hmm. in the long run as a franchise, I, I watch more of those movies yeah. over and over again. But Halloween, there's no Friday the 13th that is good as right. Halloween. And, yeah. and like I said earlier, I think if it has weaknesses, they actually are its strengths. So the kind of DIY feel of it, the independent film thing of it somehow makes it scarier because it almost makes it seem documentary like or yeah well it's like texas chainsaw massacre does that like verite thing and what i i like texas chainsaw massacre but i prefer halloween more because it feels almost like the kind of yeah the scrappy anything could happen-ness of texas chainsaw massacre low budget thing with some real deal kind of like hitchcock uh, movie making craft. Yeah, there's some real craftness. Yeah, there's uh, real craft with like a lo-fi yes. machine around it. It's like a Jaws or something, yeah. like a, or like early like dual early Spielberg stuff of just really well made on a budget yeah. thriller stuff. And there's something about Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the Thirteenth where you have to go to this place to be in danger. Yes, Halloween is the danger comes to you. Yes. It, particularly you in the suburb with a babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes from like the uh, sort of a, I don't know if uh, we've heard of urban legends, but suburban legends. Mm. But like, uh, uh, I feel like growing up, you always heard kind of this, like he escaped from a mental institute. And I remember the first time I saw Halloween. It's so funny that like your experience of it was just that scene and you're experiencing it. Whereas when I saw it, I was like, Oh, is this where he escaped from the mental institute? Whatever it came mm-hmm. from, did it come from mm-hmm. Halloween, or is ha- Halloween taking kind of thirty years of urban campfire story stuff and just being like, yeah, this is how the killer starts. He escapes from the-. like it's such a classic, yeah, great opening, right? Uh, an introduction, like, uh, but. Uh, why were we talking about that? What was the... Uh, uh... Well, I think we're kind of still on your origin with it. Oh, so, oh, oh. Yeah. So what I was just going to say was I like love the first one. I'll watch it over and again. And then the... Um, uh, along with watching the sequels here and there in different ways, on two occasions I've, with friends, made a Halloween-like club where we'll watch Halloween. We'll get together and watch one or two a night and this was maybe first time i tried it It was like 10 years ago the other time was like two years ago Mm. uh, a year ago somewhere around there uh before the other one came out the remake uh and so we were watching it and both times we ended after seven after part seven so i've never seen part eight resurrection resurrection Wow, and I've never seen the second Rob Zombie one. And I have, so we can guide each other. Yeah, we can these. help each other. Yeah. Oh, you're in for a treat with Resurrection, man. That. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think as a whole, Friday the 13th, the franchise is by a hair more consistent and ultimately a little bit better as a franchise. Yes. But no movie's as good as Halloween. No. And I would say that even though... Like Jason Goes to Hell is bad. It wasn't very fun bad. 
when Michael Myers movies get bad, like part six, the curse of Michael Myers, I really enjoy mm. the two extremes of this franchise where like Friday 13th is a narrower bandwidth, but the wave I love form that. of That's a good, Halloween, uh, I'm doing this uh, wave motion. Yes, right now. Yes, it's I can't, I always look forward to watching part six and just, just so you guys know, there's yes. 13 episodes, oh, there's 12 is... Halloween movies. We're going to do both cuts of part six, the theatrical and the director's cut. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's very exciting. Yeah. Because I think both versions need to be unpacked. And I've only seen the theatrical mm. slice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or cut. Well, they're, they're not the final cuts here. They're oh, final slices final and tastes. Slice. The director's slice. Uh, so what I'm really excited about with this, in addition to watching these movies and talking about it with a buddy, yeah. uh, is uh, also like, oh, I'll finally get to watch part eight. And mm-hmm. this podcast is going to force me to do what I haven't been able to do two times now, which is watch these movies in order and complete them. That's exciting. Yeah. And uh, I guess that should move us into the actual beat-by-beat discussion. Yes. What's the time right now on this uh, podcast? Oh, well, we're only 47 minutes (laughs) in. Perfect. Somewhere around there. Uh, And Uh, just so people know, if they haven't... I'm sure most people listen to the other one, but like, hey, we, we live under the principle... Of if you like it, you want more of it. Right. So these got a little long. We got a lot to say, and we trust that you'll come along. If you don't, that's understandable. But more than any podcast I've ever done, the feedback has always been, let it go as long as you want. Now, that's probably... Syncophants? Five people, and the rest are like, Syncophants? Jesus Christ. Oh, did I mispronounce it? I think either goes. Yeah, okay, good, good, good. And I don't think they're syncophants. I think it's people with good taste and who love having as much as something they love. Right. Also, l- releasing these on Fridays, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but... W- Hey, if I'm listening to a podcast while I'm doing the laundry on a Saturday, I want it to be long. I want to have to yeah. keep looking back down at my goddamn phone. Do you know how many dirty clothes I have? Covered in blood after my Friday night murders? <laughs> and the other thing about going long is that we're going to have to take breaks. Now, you won't know it, but last time, because it'll just seamlessly edit together, but last time we had to take Chase and more peas. Yes, and this was uh, in reference to a podcast everybody should listen to of yours called James Bonding. Yeah, where we take a Wal- uh, Walther... PPK break. Yeah, PPK break, right. Because he has a Walter PPK, or PK gun. PPK. But what's his... It is? Yeah. It's called a PPK? Yeah. So you don't even, even have to do, do a, a bunch pun. of... No. <laughs> oh, but the pun is you going PPK? Yeah, PPK? <laughs> and yep. ours was... For Jason Voorhees, Jason Moore Peas. Jason Moore Peas. Jason, yes. Right. I'm chasing So for Moore this peas. one... I say we go, um, wait, hold on, wait. I'm with you. No, I take your time. Unless you have one, go. No, I don't. I'm a blank slate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, wait. <laughs> I keep going Michael and Tinkle. I'm like, that's yeah. not, they don't rhyme. That's not close enough. Myers. Um, tired? But I'm not tired when I pee. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it invigorates me. Uh, um. <laughs> in editing we should expand this like add, add more yeah if you're hearing huge lapses right now it's because we've added yeah, the we lapses definitely yeah um well should we pee and then we'll come back with a title yes okay. that's good we'll think we'll think on it while we pee on it yeah and we're back oh we're back yeah. and we used our bathroom breaks to uh, uh come up with a name it's 24 hours later Yes, I need to summarize what this was because we're it's a full day later. <laughs> Those were some long peas. Um, what do you got? I think uh, you've got one. Well, I got one. Um, I. It changes the format a little That's bit. Okay, and we may have to, you know. Okay. And it's a little low class. I love it. Okay. I have to hollow my weenie. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay. What's yours? Do you have one? I only had it was half baked. Um uh it was like it needed a setup. So okay. it'd be like um you'd go like you'd start by going like I on, I will only <laughs> pee in my own bathroom. Cycle try, psych. I'll try yours. <laughs> That's how far off I was, and that is a million miles away. I like psych. I'll try yours. No, I think it's got to be. I got to go hollow my weenie. Let's make them both. We can bounce back okay. and forth between them because I think they're. Uh, I love it. Both valuable to society. Yeah, they're both real gems. <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, let's dig in. Talk about this movie we love so much. You know, I was thinking, when I was saying I love Halloween, I watch it all the time. I put Halloween in my top ten, not just of horror movies, my top ten movies I love. Halloween is in there. So this is coming from a real place of love. I think I'm the same. It's almost out of, like, a a fearful respect. Like, I don't... Oh, right. It scares me too much not to put it in my top ten. It was your... um, Boy named Sue. Yes. It taught you how to fight, so you, yeah. you, you got respect for it. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. How to be a man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the movie starts with the creepy, creepy music, man. Now, got- even before the movie starts, I'm looking at the, the famous poster of the profile of a pumpkin with the hand with the knife, and the knife kind of falls in line with right. the pumpkin. Someone pointed this out recently. Forgive me, I don't remember where I saw this. I don't even know if it's intentional, but there is a face in the hand of Michael Myers' knuckle. 
Whoa. Have you ever seen this? No. So look at it. I'll try to post a picture. I knew there was an ambulance ambulance symbol in Billy Peltzer's jeans on the Gremlins poster. And there's a big boner in Little Mermaid or something. But go to my Instagram. Yeah, there was at her wedding night. (laughs) Okay. So there's the regular poster, right? Yeah. Okay, now watch this. Whoa! Yeah, without a doubt. That's like a, the Camel cigarettes pack where you yeah. can see the little things in the ridges. And I can't tell if it's on purpose, though. Well, it's also such a kind of surreal poster because it's the idea that he's slashing. You're seeing an animation, right, of mm-hmm. his hand going down three or four times, and it's making... <gasps> oh, I never caught that! And it's making the ridges of the pumpkin... I never realized that was like a motion line, but you're right. Is that what it is? Yeah, because the knuckles are kind of echoed in the pumpkin. Yeah. So like his multiple slashes are making the ridges of a pumpkin. I always thought that was a guy with a pumpkin head cocking the knife back by his head. Wow, man. I love this. How do people find this out unless two people talk? Yeah, they if got... If we were texting, no. this wouldn't have come out. No. How we'd see the poster differently? Yeah. Hey, hey, listeners, how do you see the poster? <laughs> Hashtag ridges. <laughs> no, that's an awful. Hashtag that for us to They'll be. be like all Ruffles promos. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that poster is pretty iconic. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're right. Then we get right into the music. And with the jack-o'-lantern on it, so that matches the poster too, right? You see this jack-o'-lantern burning on the left? Yep. And uh, John Carpenter, who, you know, we should give all the respect to this Absolutely. thing. None of this franchise would exist without yeah. his work. But like, uh, 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 he's cool how he has his own font and his own anamorphic lens that he uses in all of his movies. So they kind of have this like consistent style. I didn't know that about the lens. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I think maybe two or three movies he hasn't used it on, but that's why they always look like these kind of like big wide, uh, uh, you get these big vistas yeah. of like neighborhoods and stuff. It looks, makes things, everything look uh, godly. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, epic. It looks epic, even though you're like in a small suburb. Yeah. That Carpenter font is interesting because the, like the new Star Wars sequel trilogy kind of uses it. Oh, really? In an odd way. Like, huh. it goes star, and between star and wars is like The Force Awakens. You're right. The, that is the Carpenter font. Yeah, I don't quite know what they're going for there, but... <laughs> I mean, it's at least very close to it. Well, and then the Halloween title itself, I noticed, uh, maybe I've never noticed it or called attention, but the E's kind of like these, like, weird... It, it breaks from the normal font, and the E's are kind of these weird shapes that almost look, and I doubt it was a tip of the hat to the later sequels, they look kind of like Wiccan or sort of like um, like occultish. Really? Let me see. I, and I don't think it's used in posters and stuff much. Oh, yeah. What's up with that, huh? They look like... Um... Right, like Cyrillic or something. Yes, yeah. yes, that's that was the word I was looking for. Yes. Wow. Um, so, and also you got John Carpenter's name over it. Yeah. Uh, First, before the title, like it yeah. comes up, and then Halloween 
dissolves well, in. Well, before that, the pumpkin comes up and it says Donald Pleasance in it, which yeah. makes it seem like the name of the pumpkin is Donald Pleasance. <laughs> <laughs> like, this pumpkin, Donald Pleasance in. Uh, but the first of many little nods to uh, uh, Psycho, there's like a thousand now. We yeah. could count them. Right. Uh, for those uh, reckless ones at home, it could be a drinking game, okay? Yeah, the don't of, do don't that. Don't do that. You'll Yelling. get drunk on beer. Yeah. You'll, you'll get killed you'll for get being killed. a sinner. Yes. A killer will come and find you and kill you because uh, you were drinking beer. You saw what happened to Bob and Linda drinking <laughs> yeah. in that van. God. And after sex, they wanted more beer. They wanted beer before sex and after sex. If they weren't getting killed for beer, they were getting killed for sex. Then they were getting killed for pot. That's a, I mean, that's three, yep. three times three, over there. Three strikes killed. and you're out of life. Yep. Um, but uh, the Alfred Hitchcock, it's like Alfred Hitchcock's right. psycho. Right, yeah. He must have been... Just so you don't think I'm a loon, the other ones are like, there's a character named Sam Loomis mm-hmm. in this movie, yeah. and also in Psycho, and they kind of do the same plot thing at the very end. And obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis and yes. Janet Leigh. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, there's plenty. Even even though the the two music elements of both of those films are not that similar, they both are the most iconic horror films of all Yes, right, like, right. What would even give it a run for its money? Maybe Friday the 13th, maybe The Shining, that DSE Ray thing. Good. Jaws. If, yeah, it, Jaws. This isn't always a typical horror movie, right. but like, I, I felt like Jaws and Psycho and Halloween all use music in the same way that like the theme becomes the monster like yeah. they they're kind of played at the same time and so they can start doing tricks where they won't play the music so it, you're conditioned to think like yes. oh he only attacks when i hear the music so when he attacks before when there's yeah. no music it's a good trick and also if they play music and he doesn't show up yeah it, it's it's adds this whole other level that's very effective yeah tubular yeah. bells and exorcist yes that's I, also which is similar that. kind of in a way to halloween Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, those seem to be... I mentioned them in the same breath earlier, yeah. but I felt like growing up, those were the two movies that... Maybe Nightmare on Elm Street had some... Uh, kind of had a, a ring of, like, this will freak you out. But, yeah, um, and we should talk about the fact that this theme is written in 5-4 time signature, which is jarring in itself. Oh, right, because if it was in, like, 4-4... Four, four, Maybe it would have just given you some unconscious like comfort yeah. in, in its normalcy. But, but uh, and John Carpenter wrote this music, and so you might yeah. think, "Hey, John Carpenter, tame down the ego, buddy." Right. But at that moment, we're watching a movie he wrote and he directed and he made the music for. So if anybody's going to make an argument for, and know. yeah, I mean, this is a an auteur film. Yes. It really is. And it's cool he does that along his career. He, you know, it's like John Carpenter's Christine, and it has the same font. Like, if you're a John Carpenter fan, you, uh, I mean, without making this the John Carpenter podcast, but uh, I love uh, The Thing and Christine, yeah. which were kind of the two movies he made after this, along with The Fog. Yeah. I love them. I've oh, never boy. seen The Fog. Me neither. Oh, my God. I think it's because I'm, you know what? I also love De Palma, yeah, and I've never seen The Fury, I and they're not. both released at the same time. Oh. They're two filmmakers I love with the F titles, <laughs> and I steer clear of them. And I think it's partly because they both get sold as like their PG versions of their oh, other movies, right? And so I kind of go like, eh, do I mm. want to watch a right? 
Yeah, that's tough to go. I'm also partly kind of saving them for a rainy day when I'm like, I know I'll probably really like this movie because it was made when they're in their runs. Or like when your daughter is kind of old enough to start watching scary movies, that might be a good entree because it's old and PG. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want to like sit uh, a five-year-old down for The Exorcist. No, or Halloween. Oh, right. Yeah. I say that so flippantly. And you're like, yeah, lived it, uh, brother. Yeah. Did, uh, just because uh, I think, well, we should always go back to this. Were there any sort of uh, ramifications for this babysitter letting you, when your mom is sitting up with you because you had a nightmare about it, is she like, uh, I want to disparage Diana? My mom does uh, <laughs> carry a beef with her, but mm, we only had literal? her like twice. <laughs> yeah, my mom carries a beef around. <laughs> Big side of beef. Like With, uh, her name written on it. Yeah. The, uh, Diana's name on it. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that ever came of it was, oh, I should mention this too. I used to have this podcast called I Was There Too. And so I had PJ Great Souls. podcast. You oh, should listen to it. I nodded you. when you said it like in approval, but I'm like, they can't hear that nod. They can't hear that. That was the nod heard around the world. <laughs> and if you're listening to this in its first six months, it's on Stitcher Premium, That's which right. means you can go listen to I Was There Too because... I Ooh, did an episode it. with PJ Souls, who plays Linda. Oh, yes. In this. And then I think I remember posting about that on Facebook, saying something like, "I've it's come full circle. I'm I'm sitting here uh, with PJ Souls. And I'm not, I don't, I can have some friends with Diane on Facebook, or she found it. I think she found it because my, the good babysitter commented on it, and she <laughs> saw it. And she made some babysitter. flippant comment like, Ah, I remember we watched that. Ha ha ha. Boom. No. <laughs> yes. Oh god, that gets makes me so mad. That's yeah. the time where you go, ah, sorry about that. Yeah. No, maybe Ooh. we should track her down. Unrelenting in yeah. her um pursuit to traumatize yeah. you. To but not then let you get- I also watched this thing on Netflix about the brain and it talks about how fifty percent of your memories are incorrect. And if oh. ever there was something to not be trusted, it's this warped version of the past that I have with this. Because I've thought about it so many times and relived it so many times, I think it's reiterated itself. I wonder what actually happened. I mean, maybe oh, I yeah, barely saw it. was traumatic or, that, like, you're, uh, yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, sometimes you don't remember the stuff that was around it yeah. at all. So you have to, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I can be trusted. I was also a kid, you know, so. Well, regardless, we know it scared you. That's for sure. That's the fact of the matter. That's really yeah. the only fact that matters. Yeah. And what were we talking about? The music? Yeah. The music and the those kooky credits and kooky uh, credits. yeah. So like yeah, the as the candle as the jack o' lantern burns, it sort of like zooms in on the it gets closer and closer in the frame and uh as the different names are popping up. Now as like the names are popping up, I think we could talk about like uh you know each of these, uh, um, Donald Pleasant's name comes up, and just so people know, he's going to be in parts two, parts four, parts five, part six. His last film died during the making of it. Of parts of part one, <laughs> seemingly. <laughs> I just used all this extra footage. No, that's why I think part six is partly so batshit. I mean, it's a hundred percent batshit, but that's partly why it's batshit. Oh, because they're trying to shoot around his... Uh, he dies on camera multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a snuff film. But he's a... 
I mean, he's kind of the MVP here. He appears more than any of the other actors. Right. Yeah, uh, and I always forget, like, he embodies Loomis so soundly for me that I forget he's a Bond villain in my favorite franchise. Oh, my gosh. He's Ernst Stavro Blofeld, like the definitive one, because he's the first time you see his face. That's right. And and to play both foe and friend. Yeah. But, you know, he's, and, he's the guy who hates Michael, wants to defeat him. Great. We hate Michael, too. Or right. we think he's a little devil. Yeah. Wait, you want to kill James Bond? No way, man. We I, love that dude. I don't know how to trust you. And then in The Great Escape, which is another favorite movie of mine, yes. he plays this sweet man who's going blind. And um, Wow, Pleasant's so uh, He is kind of a... do it all. He really is, but he's unassuming about it, so you don't you don't. Well, really I think, think this was it. sort of a... It began here, and I think it continued onward, which was sort of like if your movie was seemed it could slightly the genre seems like it's low class. You cast an actor from a veteran from a previous generation to sort right. of legit like so Gregory Peck and The Omen. Yep. I was like, oh, this isn't some trashy mm-hmm. movie. This is Gregory Peck's in it. Not that Donald Pleasance was necessarily on the level of Gregory Peck, but I think this was a a move. Made which the is Alec Guinness like, move from Star Wars, yes, yeah, yes, and, yes, and Peter Cushing, right, in a sense, yeah. You go, okay, I can, I trust this movie because it has the star in it or something. Yeah. Um, and then the other credit, and in introducing Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, I know, wow, what uh, I uh, that has to be a one of the, the the great debuts. It has to be, yeah, not just in the quality of this performance debut, but. Uh, I'll say this many more times as we watch these movies. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome, fantastic actress, and so cool that she's like in this, and then a comedy like Trading Places, an action movie like True Lies, and uh, yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Oh, yeah. and a comedy like A Fish Called Wanda, she's so right. funny in that. Yeah, and she's in Knives Out coming. Oh, I haven't soon. seen. Yeah, and then. Oh, because it's not out. What if I said, oh, I saw it and I loved it? You'd be like, "You, um, great, my <laughs> co-host liar. is a fucking goddamn dirty liar. It's called Knives Coming because it's not out yet. <laughs> um, yes. And then she's doing <laughs> the coming. freshly announced two new Halloween movies, That's Halloween right. Kills and Halloween Ends. God, there's so much we have to unpack in this I episode. Know. I know. That's okay. Um, uh, yeah, there's two sequels announced. But by this time, when you're listening to it, there could have been five more. That's right. Who knows we- when you'll find this in the future AI teddy bear? Yeah. Neat, noop, neat, noop. So, yeah, I love the introducing. And I love this. Just, uh, I heard somebody say, like, um, oh, um, credit sequences are like the only time that an audience will be open and patient for something that's not story or character-based when they're just purely open to the idea of like mood and atmosphere. And this credit sequence, it's like the movie in miniature. Mm. You got like good music. It entirely sets the atmosphere of the movie. Yeah. And also that this thing we see all the time, this like pumpkin on Halloween, right? feels a little more ominous. Yeah, And we'll see this like the Friday the 13th logos. Uh, grow from movie to movie. The let's just say uh, we won't spoil it. But the yeah. Halloween two pumpkin 
in the logo, the credits. Is it the one with the skull? <laughs> it opens up and is it's a skull. Yeah, that's right. Which is the funniest version of like sequelizing, which is like, yeah, that pumpkin was scary, but what about if it opened up as a skull? <laughs> Halloween 2, and we'll get to this, is strange because so many of the notes of the first one yes. are there, and yet it's not directed by Carpenter, so something's missing. So it's a jarring film to me. I'm fascinated by it. And there's so of many thing, pleasures that match the pleasures yeah. of the first one. So you can like be easily seduced. I feel like the first half hour of Halloween 2, I really love. Me too. Um, uh, I know we said we wouldn't spoil it, but we have. But yeah, uh, but yeah like the, uh, uh, I really spoiled it, but letting you know the skull was in the pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love, uh, there's a lot to... There's a lot to love about three, too. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a special time. Yes, yes it will. A little interlude. And a surprise for people who, because we don't know the exact percentage breakdown of people who are a hollow. We try to do our best here. If you love the movies and you see them a bunch of times, this is interesting for you. But maybe, I know some people, they say they don't even watch the movies. They just listen to the talk. I know, like, I've heard yeah, that. That's yeah. wonderful. Or they'll listen and first crazy. and then watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we're dealing with a timeline that is. Maybe somehow less complicated, but more batshit than Friday the 13th. <laughs> yes, that's right. In the amount of restarts and parallel fork-offs. And lore. Yeah, so yeah. should we start by going to the window? I think so. Oh, my God. Um, we did a Snapchat, which um, your AI teddy bear should bring up for you right now, uh, yeah. if you choose to, if this yeah. is many years in the future. It was an uh, Instagram story, but same. Oh, idea. my God. <laughs> Thank you for correcting, because that, that would have thrown historians off so we did an instagram story also man i sound like an old fart there we did a snapchat mom it's an instagram story uh uh where we erased one of the panes of the window where we're writing the uh timeline where we previously wrote it for friday the 13th but now we erased one to make room for the um halloween Later. 15 years later. So if they said he's 23... Did, they didn't, though. They just said it was 15 years ago. Huh. Um, you keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> Bless uh, you. Um... You should put a pause between me sneezing and you saying, Bless you. Or I'll be like, Whoosh! A sneeze and it goes, Tick, tock, tick, tock. Who do you think sneezed? <laughs> Make your guesses now with your friends. And then he goes, ding! And then they hear you go, bless you. Well, don't do that extra work. That's <laughs> dumb. Um, but you're looking up how old six Michael... Six years old. So he's Six? He's 21. So this is his rum springer. <laughs> Michael Myers at age 21 gets to go out and kill people. And then if he decides he wants to go back and stay... Uh, in the hospital, he can. Um, but they give him the opportunity to see if he likes it out there. So 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers kills Judith, his sister. Now, here's a question. Uh-huh. Yes. Normally, we'd jump from 63 to 78, but in the TV movie, or oh. the version of the TV the TV version of the film, which came out not long after, they shot extra scenes. They didn't take 
cut scenes. They went back and added That's scenes. right, yes. And one of them is Michael, as a boy, he's probably still around six, sitting in a chair just staring out the window. You only see the back of him. Whoa. And is, have you ever seen these? I remember seeing... I've seen them. The ones I always remember are like a meeting with Loomis and then a scene with Laurie at her uh, her house uh-huh. when she gets home after talking to her friends. But I don't remember at all this like looking at a wall thing, which is spooky. And there's the the scene where Loomis is talking to someone in that like a lecture room. Yes, that's yeah. the part I remember. Yeah, that so little lecture room. So we'll leave that well enough alone. And just... So, but maybe that could have been a 65 or a 66 when... Uh, who, maybe it was when uh, Old Woodstock was happening. <laughs> the, the bird from Peanuts. Maybe that's where Woodstock was first born. Matt walked out of the room. He's going to be back in here, though, but I'm... Uh, I'm uh, va- No, it's all good. Uh, I'm vamping. Uh, so, oh, one thing we can say about it happening in 1963. So this is... Movie starts... Michael now, as we know, six years old. Uh, so it's October 31st, 1963, right, Matt? Yeah. Just 22 days before the Kennedy assassination? Right. I think there's some symbolic thing because this movie came out in 1978, right? Yeah. You know another movie that came out in 1978? Animal House. And that big parade at the end... The writers of that have said that takes place on November 20th, two days before the Kennedy assassination, because they were like, that was when America changed. That was the last time you could have fun and do a kooky parade. And so these two movies that come out in 1978, Halloween, Animal House, huge successes. They originate in a pre-assassination, Kennedy assassination, early 60s, before America changed. Whew. So uh, I'm going to write my thesis um, not on that. I'm going to write it on uh, who, who came first, Garfield or Heathcliff? <laughs> uh, so you've written on a side window, 1965, Michael sits in asylum with Loomis. That is stabbing. That's canon. Yeah. That took place two years later. And so we're we're starting here in 63. The only hint we have for motivation for Michael is that Judith has sex. The fastest sex any human has any two humans have ever had. I timed it. You did. I almost yeah. did too. What did you get? So, starting with the lights going off, and that's yeah. conservative. Yeah, that's like they still as soon as undress. the lights come off, undressing and penetration happens all at the same moment. But yeah. this is what I'm, you know, uh and it's three minutes and 25 seconds in. That's, that's when it starts. That's when it starts. Okay. The moment when he's walking down the steps saying goodbye and he's putting his shirt on, yeah. four minutes and 30 seconds. So it's a minute and five seconds that they have sex. Wow. Um, which, uh, for me, that's a world record. Buddy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I couldn't count all the times I'd had sex added up equaling that. Uh, but yes, it is very, I think when I see it, I do laugh that I think it's supposed to be funny that it was so fast, right? Or not, (laughs) or maybe. See, that's another thing. 
I saw it at such a young age. I can't tell if there's any ironic humor in it. To me, it's all meant to be straightforward and serious. Well, but you may be right. I mean, ironic or not, the image of seeing your older sister make out with a guy is a real one. Uh, did without ever, we don't have to get into it too much. But like, uh, I had a, I have two older sisters, and I had a friend who had an older sister, and he said when he was in junior high, he walked in on his sister having sex with her boyfriend. Uh, they were in high school. And he killed him. <laughs> killed her. He said he ran into his bedroom and cried. So it was wow. like a traumatizing experience to see. And the only memory I have, I remember walking downstairs once and seeing my sister make out, making out with like her high school boyfriend at the time, and I was like in fourth or fifth grade. And I certainly didn't want to kill them, but it was it's a little thing you kind of have to work out with as a as a kid. You're like, okay, my sister is sexualized, and yeah. I'm seeing this actually for the first time ever, and I'm seeing the context of this boyfriend who i I'm sort of threatened by this older guy who comes into her house like there's a lot of things that go on. Uh, so I feel like this movie comes from a place of like, it's not like saying like, it's okay. <laughs> but there's some emotional reality and how that's a weird experience for a kid. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And it's worth discussing. Because Here? they <laughs> Well, not that. I mean, it is worth discussing. <laughs> I'm not licensed. Just that it's weird that they give you that bit of motivation, but then for the rest yes. of the entire franchise, it's just, he's pure evil. It's, the it's, darkest eyes, yes. the devil's eyes. I didn't want to, yes, the doll's eyes. He has, his eyes are dark like a doll's eyes, which yeah. is also weird because when they take the mask off, he's kind of like a little cutie, but he's blonde-haired, yeah. angelic-faced. Yeah. And so when he's describing I'm like, Dr. Lewis, were you working with the same kid? <laughs> Maybe that's the is problem. <laughs> he, no, he's made of porcelain. He no, no Doctor Lewis. My grandmother gave him. This is the other kid. He's evil, pure evil. Uh, he doesn't move. I. This could we could talk about this later, but as much as I love th- this movie, I'd say that's the one. Yeah. Not flaw, but just the thing that I get tripped on, which is sort of like you couldn't have a more explanationy. This is what kicked him off to be a killer. Is the first person he killed was his sister after she he witnessed her having sex or something. Uh, So then, yeah, for the rest of the movie. Also, I like the theory of kind of going like, we don't give you any information about this person. He's just... But when it starts to enter like the realm of like the supernatural... Oh, yeah, and that's going to happen. Really, yes, yes. But like even the way he talks about him as kind of this force, Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's... You're thinking it's cool because you're not giving an explanation, but you're actually giving an explanation by saying, like, he's evil. Yeah, which is, like, makes him the worst doctor in the world. He abandons (laughs) science 100%. And But so then, are we to believe as an audience, like, is the movie saying he actually is evil, like, personified the devil, or is that just Loomis's, like... This is so funny. This is the first time watching this movie. I watched it many times where I was like... Oh, maybe we're just not supposed to trust Loomis. Yeah. But they position him in the movie like most people do in any movie, which is like they're saying, if somebody's telling you this over and over again, you kind of go like, oh, okay, we're supposed to believe him. But it was the first time where I was like, maybe he's just wrong. I I think, and I think 
I would like to believe this is where the movie's coming down, and I think it's the best way. And that is, it gives you a little uh, motivation up front, yeah. And that's like the trigger that turns yeah. Michael Myers. Like he always had the evil there. That triggers him almost like puberty. Yes, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're supposed to kind of think, oh, is Loomis a bit of a quack? He's, mm-hmm. you know, this is a man because like Jamie Lee Curtis pokes him in the eye, he goes down, right. But then that last twist at the end where he's gone, I think you are supposed to go, holy shit, he is just evil. He's not just a man. Yeah, he's a uh, elemental, like with, with that when Laurie's in the class and the teacher's like, yeah. he's, he's hot fate as one of the elements. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. But uh, like, it does seem like, oh, yeah, Michael Myers is like air. It's just yeah. like he drops to the ground and he disappears and... It's fine for as the last bit of a movie. I kind of like it's cool. I love the ending, of course, yeah. all, but like it, it does like. Um, it's weird because as much as there's so much movie things like this that are references to Psycho, the thing people don't laugh about Psycho now, but I actually really like it. Is so one of I. the last scenes is when the doctor explains what Norman was, <clears throat> Norman Bates, right. why he was Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like seen as really cool because you're sort of like you get some psychological empathy about this, and it's the opposite of what. Yeah, it's almost like that's the one point it diverges from yeah. Psycho is that the doctor is giving zero explanation <laughs> and just chugging up purely to evil, and you're like, what doctor? Yeah, what doctor are you? What oath did you take where you compare children's eyes to, <laughs> to dog? Uh, but it is, uh, it's the perfect ending, and it it's kind of undone by the other movies particularly the second one mm, mm-hmm. because it's kind of that twist exists to not be answered that's the yes, horror of it yes, is in fact yeah. the way they end the movie is he's gone but then they cut to scenes inside the house oh it's the best out on the street and that message of that is and he could be breathing yeah, yeah, yeah he could yeah. be anywhere yeah and you're not safe and that yeah. is another thing that just petrified me like i can't yeah. i cannot yeah. be safe well then that like telescoping out it does yeah. it's like room Room, yeah. room, porch, house, other house, other house. And so it's just, uh, the everywhere. doom is like uh, growing. Oh, it's and it's a so good. Ending. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to get, this is a stupid ham-fisted analogy, but it's like physics in it. a way where yeah. Schrodinger's cat is both alive and dead until you open that box, until it's witnessed, oh, that cool. waveform can't collapse in it. When you, you can't. The minute you do Halloween 2, you lock him into a path that does away the end of Halloween 1, where it's supposed to end with, he's behind you, but you don't know where and when. Yes, yeah, yeah. But then, like, by showing you, like, no, he's over here in part two. Yeah, like, just choosing a a tub at the hospital. (laughs) Just choosing a path kind of neuters it a little bit i'm Classes glad they did them. because i can separate i still see halloween as separate from the rest of me that. too even yeah. from the ones that explicitly try to say one came after the other i go no it's sort of in its own little uh airtight vacuum and yeah exists as halloween yeah um, exactly uh i think in some ways that's the we'll have to like as we're watching these movies remind ourselves of oh yeah right halloween is a Let's just treat it as its own thing. Yeah, it's almost like what's a good analogy? It's like um it's like the old testament and then all these yeah, other no, religions the, built yeah. off of it in a way. Yeah. Kind of. Halloween six is the uh uh 
Lutheranism of it's Scientology. <laughs> yes, of Christ- yes, right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, as far as other credits, just you know, using it as opportunities to. Uh, um, oh, also the that um, all these like it's worshiping um, Psycho. But it only came out like 18 years before. It's a That's little crazy. like if somebody made a movie Valentine this year to like Zoolander. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh man, Zoolander really broke new ground. Let's fucking honor it. That's crazy. I know. That's crazy to think. They're so clear. Way closer together than we are to it. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's just the difference. Twice of, as, more than twice of as a, an adult. It's, if somebody was born in 1960, they would have been an adult by the time Halloween came out. It's a pretty short. Yeah. Time frame, but if you, you know, whatever. Clearly, a lot of things culturally and in movies change so much, a lot more than they have in the 18 years. Yeah. From 2001 to 2000, probably, right? Yeah. I think there's probably bigger. Yeah. I mean, we had digital. Right. But other than that, I yeah. don't think it was much of a. I think you're right. Yeah. But let's make that Zoolander uh, <laughs> Valentine. John Carpenter's Zoolander. <laughs> um,. <laughs> 63, 1963, they made no attempt to make it look period. Oh my God. None. I love it. Like, that kid has late 70s, long, bicentennial 100%. hair. 100%. They're close. I guess maybe his clothes, like, they kind of put him a in something like shirt. a kid would wear in the 50s. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. got those, like, jeans with the folded up, like, uh, yeah. collar bottoms. And the, the, yeah. And but, then his hair is just kind of, like, slicked down to make it look like it's short. Yeah. But it ain't no crew cut. No. I and nothing, what, nothing about it is. Uh, and it's weird, because you think they could ask an actor, like, hey, do you mind cutting your hair yeah, to crew he's not cut? in any other part of the movie. <laughs> no, man, it's the 70s, man. I can't smoke weed with buzz cut. I can't do it. <laughs> I do like the sort of uh, 70s permissiveness, or maybe this was a tale as old as time that, like, uh, and it speaks to something of, like, what people think these are, like, moralistic movies. That girl's down to go upstairs. She wants to party, too. Jamie Curtis smokes weed in the movie. Yeah. And I think she wants to fool around. She just is introverted. That's yeah, what I like shy. about it. Yeah, she We identify with her because she she's shy. Yeah, she yeah. really... She loves Ben Tramer, for Christ's sake. Know, oh, poor oh Ben Tramer. Oh. More to, more on that story coming next episode. I love how the story of Ben Tramer like, unfolds in the background of all of this. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And I found a strange connection that I've never found before. Whoa, what is it? Do you want it now? Yes. Okay. Because I'm afraid we don't circle back to it right. and then we don't get to hear it. Okay. So Ben Tramer, we only hear tell of him in this movie, but we see him in part two, and that we'll get to. But... Wait, is Ben Tramer the last Starfighter? <laughs> is it that actor, the ambulance guy? Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. No, do you not know? Do you is want me ben to say? Ben Tramer, the... Yep. That's Ben Tramer? That's Ben Tramer, all right. Oh, my but God. But that's not even what I have to How say. How have I never... I call myself a Halloween fan. I didn't put together Poor... two guys named Ben Tramer. Maybe I just thought they were two Ben Tramers in Haddonfield. Poor Ben Tramer, like... You never see his face. Isn't that a like a, uh, um, a, a Roz- Rogers and Hammerstein song? Poor Ben, Tra- Poor ben Traver in the neighborhood. Rinky, cuckoo, cramblet, snoop. Killed by an ambulance real good. Poor Ben Traver. We love you. Okay, here's, here's the th- interesting thing I found. Yes. Um, 
when Michael Myers drives by and three girls are walking in the street and Annie goes, isn't that Devin Graham? Okay, yes. Yeah? I, yeah. I just happened to be looking at IMDb for Halloween Kills and there's a character named Deputy Graham. And they did kind of take pains to tie things together. Like Will Patton's character in the new Halloween was said to have been there at the end of the movie. Like he's not in Halloween, but his character was part of the investigation huh. of that. I'm just wondering. Yeah, it's, I was thinking about there's three guys that get mentioned that you never see in the movie. Ben Tramer. Yeah. Uh, Paul. Right. And he's always talking about Paul, but Paul never comes over. Yeah. And then when they're driving by, Linda goes, oh, is that Devin Graham? Yeah. He's so cute. I know. Right. Who's this Devin Graham? Who are these three hunks? And there's precedent because... Kyle Richards is reprising her role as little Lindsay in the new movie. Did you know that? I did know that. And do you know who's playing Tommy? No. I don't know why they didn't go back to the actor for Tommy, but they didn't. Because yeah, it's Michael, if... um, uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so that's got a sting for the guy who played the original Tommy. I wonder if they did go to him or maybe... Like, maybe he's not an actor much yeah, anymore. He's just, great in the, yes, in the original. Yeah, I know. He's great. I love that kid. But there's got to be a reason for Anthony Michael Hall specifically, because he's a now kind of a type. He's a he's yeah. a large, That's right. strong kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and I guess he would have been that age, because... Uh, he would have. I think he and I Breakfast are Breakfast Club is 85, so that would have been seven years. Uh, yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because when like, he was in vacation, I was about his age, too. Uh, what a star. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he was originally going to be the lead of Full Metal Jacket. I did not know that. What happened? Um, bonehead move, man. He uh, was like was asking for too much money and instead did uh, Johnny Be Good, which was like a movie where he's like a quarterback Oof. teen comedy. Oh, the thing that I was going to say was like, I like that that girl is just down to go upstairs and have sex. In horror movies, I noticed that they, women are a little bit more able, like it's the sex comedies of this time, the porkies where it's like coercion yeah. and like trickery right. to get the girl to get laid. And there is something nicer in these Halloween movies, like... Yeah, Linda's just full-on after sex, go get me a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he does. Yeah, and Annie's like, uh, they're like, you only like babysitting because it gives you a place to, you know, like... Uh, and then uh, uh, Lori says, shit, because she forgets something. And then Annie goes, like, I have a place to do that. Like, they're funny. They're <laughs> all like... catch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hang out with them. That's like a scene where I'm just like, oh man, they're fun. I had, I don't mean to get creepy, but I just had such a crush on Annie when I was a young kid. You know, like I just, she was just like, just old enough to be like, it was pure de- detached fantasy. You know, like, well, just, she's cool. She's like smoking a cigarette yeah. and uh, uh, she's um, exotic looking. You know, she's got curly hair and sort of a, a bit of a honker yeah she was uh, my type of girl yeah like, yeah not, same 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 and that hair it was just like you don't see that hair anymore yeah it's yeah. more sideways than it is vertical yeah. well you know it's funny we say this because i feel like um when i was re-watching this uh for the first time i was thinking about how um the next character you meet is like little Tommy, like walking up to next Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. And when they go to the Myers house, they even 
go out of their way of putting it in sort of Tommy's point of view, where it's like looking up at the Myers house, scary. And he mm-hmm. sort of talks about like, don't go in there. My classmates told me it's this thing and it's scary and it's haunted. Um, you're having this kind of dual thing of identifying with Jamie Lee Curtis. Cause you're a teenager or whatever. And you're watching it and uh, your dad's telling you to do stuff for his job or whatever. But then like Tommy is, I was like identifying with like, Oh, to be, boy who has an older babysitter who you have a crush on and think is cool like you you have these kind of dual points of like identification where like i'm like oh i'm tommy as yeah. well yeah it touches every that sounds horrible it hits every what it's every like it's every what <laughs> Uh, I no, I I put you. I made. I forced you to say no, that. I, I said something it. like too earnest. It just hits it. every sweet spot, yes. but that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> um. So yeah, okay. So we still, I think, we still have more to cover in this early first scene because yes, the panic oh right, sorry, yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, and, and, and then also the oh with the Kylie Richards is. So people know she's a real housewife now. Yes, that's right. So she was a child actor, and uh, and now she's grown up, and I guess she's reprising the role in the movie. And so is Sheriff Brackett. Oh, Lee Brackett, which is the female screenwriter of The Empire Strikes Strikes Back. Back, Which so in Sam Loomis, they named that character after a psycho character, and they named Lee Brackett after the writer of like The Big Sleep. They did. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize I that. I think it's in the, yeah, they're it intentional. Be, right. But it's this kind of the first of this. It's the same as like when they're watching the thing yeah. later on TV. I think it's the first time film a generation of filmmakers are making movies where they watch horror movies and we're putting in little in jokes where the person's name is Hey, if you like movies, you know this person's name. Yeah, they and, always call JJ yeah. uh, Abrams like the first fan auteur. Yeah. But I think Carpenter probably. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. And like uh, Joe Dante. Yeah. Like people like that doing like little funny. Even Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but the, uh, oh, and the other, uh, speaking of Spielberg, the DP is this guy, Dean oh, Cundy. Dean Cundy, yeah. Who did like, uh, he's done back, a lot of Zemeckis stuff like Back to the Future and Roger Rabbit. He um, didn't do The Shining or did he? He didn't. Am I? I'm just confusing him because they both use Steadicam a lot. Yes, uh, he did the Spielberg one. He did was Jurassic Park, mm. but it's funny because Haddonfield's neighborhoods are also Back to the Future neighborhoods. Yeah, and literally, like the yeah, yes, Pasadena. So through Dean Cundy's camera, they Haddonfield <sighs> will sometimes in my mind look like. Hill Valley, like yeah. the neighborhoods, kind of have that same vibe. Yeah, uh, it's that you get to live in, man. I know. Well, my neighborhood doesn't quite look like that, but it's just around the corner, really. Yeah, kind of. And Christine territory too. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, the other cool uh, name in the credits, uh, Deborah Hill, who's the producer. She went on to be a great producer in her own right, yeah. and like. Uh, her big thing was like sort of introducing new talent to the world. So uh, this like was a big start for a lot of people who would go on to like make the big blockbusters people would watch for the next 30 years. It's pretty and I cool. believe Deborah Hill actually stands in for Michael Myers for the across the street shot when Tommy sees. Oh, really? I believe so. And I, I, 
She's Michael Myers or she's the woman Michael Myers? No, I think she's in the costume at one point. And I think she also might be the teacher's voice. Oh, really? That's good. Let me look that up. That was like sort of a Peanuts moment. Yeah. The teacher, the disembodied voice teacher. Um, (laughs) uh, Maybe I'm wrong. And the Tommy thing is weird, too, because there's a... Tommy Wallace, who's the production designer. Right. Yeah, that threw me a little. And Tommy yeah. from Friday the 13th, too. Which was named after Tommy from Halloween. Why? Because they're both the same character. Corey Feldman in Friday the 13th Part 4 is the Tommy Wallace. He's like the little boy who's like with the final girl having to fight off the killer and survives by the end. And I think the director of Part 4, one of the writers, admitted like, yeah, we knew he was basically... Like Tommy Wallace, we just named him Tommy Jarvis. And oh my God. a complete other example of how much that movie's fingerprints are all over yeah. <laughs> Halloween. But that's yeah. funny to think that they were just like, yeah, that name works. Wow. Um, but what uh, was it? The teacher's voice? I can't find it, so don't listen to me. But I'm, I'm sure someone will. But I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But I, inter- you were saying with that opening, uh, that big long steady cam at the beginning, killer yeah. cam, killer cam, and you can, there's at least one cut, if not two, in there. Like when he puts the mask on, they cut. That's right. But they still had a lot to figure out, and um, all the special features on these films are pretty good. Did they, they talk about how to do how they did that? Yeah, I don't have anything to like retell, but it's just I always love behind the scenes. Oh, me too. Documentaries yeah. and films, and it's the best. And this was, you know, other than The Shining, right? Like, really, the first to make real good use of a Steadicam, the Panaglide, I right? Think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's it says so much about that opening sequence that like you're there's all these contrived things happening. And you're not even, I'm never aware of it, but just like that, somebody stands, He's his point of view is perfectly looking through the glass right when they're doing that moment, yeah. or they turn off the light right when he looks at it, and most of the things people say is like, oh, every camera move has to be, uh, there has to be a reason for it, like somebody got up and walked over to the thing, but like these are all motivated by what it's watching and seeing the people do. Right. Um, oh, it is Deborah Hill's hand that gets the knife in the beginning. Oh, and I the know clown that. arm. And yeah. that's so cool because how spooky is that? You're like, a, it's a point of view thing. And then uh, they up the ante with a little baby clown arm. Yeah, yeah, I know. Also, at the very beginning, Michael's just standing behind the tree. <laughs> that's a thing that's funny because that house was on this street. Now the house is a block down from where it was originally. They mm. moved it, I think cause it's an old house. So uh, oh, it's fully it. restored now. And it's on the corner of, I think Meridian and mission in South Pasadena. And oh. it looks really nice and it's a business, but it used to be, there's now like nice apartments kind of there or little townhouses, but that tree's still there. And so you can go stand behind the tree and kind of like, you can, you, you can see Michael's POV. Wow. Yeah, we'll go do that. Well, speaking of Back to the Future, it's like uh, George McFly peeping. Like, those trees are, I guess, really good for people who want to yeah. watch girls make out. Pasadena peeping t- tree. <laughs> Pasadena peeping tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, the um, I mean, there's funny stuff about, like, I love the point of view stuff, but, like, when he starts stabbing her, 
which I watched this movie at 8 a.m. this morning alone oh in daylight, God. and I jumped totally. I've seen it so many times, yeah. but when he started stabbing her, it scared me. Uh, but it's funny when he starts stabbing her, and then the point of view looks yes, over I at know. the hand I stabbing. Know. Why is he looking up at his own knife, not at his target? Didn't he learn to keep your eye on the you ball? You know how you do that when you're stabbing a person? You go like, I wonder what this would look like profile shot of my hand. He's an early budding cinemaphile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when I saw, I, I think they do that. They look away so they can add blood to her breast. Definitely, yeah. During that little section, but like um, when I saw that, I was thinking like, uh, this had to be a pretty big deal. Like you didn't start seeing nudity in t- in American movies like the early seventies, late sixties. Right. Foreign movies, I think mid sixties, late sixties. But like it really didn't start getting loose until like the early seventies. Right. So that's a pretty powerful thing to see, which is like nude female breasts with also gore, like blood on yeah. them. That's a pretty Even like in nineteen seventy eight horror movies you'd see one or the other, but you rarely saw them together. Together, yeah. Because yeah. even like in part four of Friday the thirteenth, that woman gets killed in the life raft, but you see her nude, but when she gets killed, you just she's lying face down and you just see her back. Yeah. yeah. They don't they rarely want to add both of those things together. I get it cuz it's kind of it's unseemly. Yeah. But it's very it's powerful and when I was watching it, like when I watch these movies when we talk about them, I do sometimes try to go like, "Oh, if what did somebody who knew nothing about Halloween was sitting there and watching this for the first time, you'd have to be like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. Uh, she just said Michael. Well, we don't know it's her little brother yet, but you see it's a kid's arm, so you just be like, a kid's killing a woman? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, also the fact that uh, Loomis is weird, like how he thinks Michael is crazy. It's sort of like the family doesn't seem to think he's troubled. Like, there's no reactions that they kind of go like, we knew this was going to happen. Like, when he comes up to her, she goes, Michael! Like, she's shocked. It's not like, oh, God, my creepy brother is holding a knife again. It almost seems like what you said. It's like puberty. It just, like, unlocked in that moment. She's more worried about, like, oh, what are you doing in here? I'm naked. Yeah. Which is interesting. And also, when he goes outside and the parents come home... All you hear is Michael. Yeah, and then they just freeze like a then tableau. They freeze. It's <laughs> that so tableau odd. freeze is very odd. But even that oddness is like, I buy it. I, I love don't, it. Yeah. but I buy it. You know, yeah. like because yeah. it's just what is standing before me. Because they have the clue to a mystery, but they don't know what it means. They see their kid standing with a blank stare, frozen. He's frozen too. He's got a big butcher knife with blood on it, and I think they're thinking, like I don't even think they've. Um, had the thought, and are we going to find a body? They're just thinking like, oh, is this a like Halloween shock? Thing? Yeah, yeah. and like yeah, is it a Halloween thing? Um, I'm still drunk from the you know the going to the Jarvis's party or whatever. And <laughs> well, it's also kind of an amazing moment too because you've been stuck, not stuck, but you've just been in this point of view shot the whole time. And then when it takes the mask off them, then it goes into this like God's eye view crane shot. Yeah, that, like rises up and it's so slick and sophisticated and where the pov things seems handheld and kind of like it's just a, it's also graphically kind of like a turning point when you're watching it uh it's also the parents coming showing up oh i noticed when he was walking up the steps the clock rang uh 10 it was 10 chimes i counted really uh so we know it's still technically halloween yeah it wasn't if it had been 12 chimes let me put be, 10 p.m up there on the window <laughs> yes 
for the for the um, people who are trying to uncover this mystery, know what happened at 10 p.m. Exactly. Um, uh, Central Standard Time. I guess that would be Illinois. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but the parents, uh, and this is a question that hangs over the whole movie: What parents? Go out to parties like it's New Year's Eve on Halloween night. <laughs> and leave their kids home and don't take their kids out, kids trick out or treat. to trick or treat. It, Maybe that's the motivation. This kid got a, first of all, neglecto. If you're giving a kid a Halloween costume and like, here, have a nice Halloween, that's basically neglect right there. Yep. That's, you're assigning his uh, warrant to be a serial, to be yeah. a killer. Tommy's a space guy. Why is Lindsay not dressed up? Those kids got a pretty crummy Halloween. All the parents are going out on yes. Halloween. This I, is the one time to stay home with your kids. I was thinking about it. Is this partly a... Now, don't roll your eyes at me. But I think if this movie had been made 10 years later, it would have been a different thing. And that speaks to what I'm about to say, which is I do think it's partly about the culture at the time of sort of... The seventies was mm-hmm. the time of permissive parents, yeah, right? Yeah, boomers getting finally getting yeah. to live their lives. A little ice storm action yep. where the, they're not paying attention to what the kids are up to. All those parents are at a key party. <laughs> yes, I'd like to think that in Halloween when she's running around and banging on the doors, so it's all they're all having key parties. Yeah. Like, fuck, I know. Or he's gonna and bum this out this key party. Sixty three, this first one, so they're like leading edge swingers, <laughs> like proto swingers. Yes. Jack Parsons kind of... They were of, the first people that introduced, like, LSD at the neighborhood, yeah, like, seven years exactly later. Right. And, uh, yeah. But I do think, like, uh, it is some suggestion, like, it is like peanuts. It's like you rarely see the parents... Or mm-hmm. E.T. does this right. trick, too, which is, like, you never see the parents on camera. They're kind of this invisible for... Also, just, like, love when they're walking through the neighborhood, the three girls. I'm going to go with it's part low budget, part choice, but they're the only ones on the street. So it's this like weird, eerie kind of vibe of like, it doesn't quite feel like mm-hmm. neighborhood, but also it kind of does because there would be times when you're walking in your neighborhood and nobody's around. <laughs> this reminds me of something. And I want every listener to give this a try and you yourself. Yes. I've done this last year. When you're driving around, especially near Halloween mm-hmm. on autumn, in autumn. So it's like a good time to do it is like mid afternoon. Put on the Halloween theme. But first, see someone on the street, like waiting at a bus stop or walking down the street, and look at them, and they're innocuous. Put on the Halloween theme and drive around and see people, and they immediately become victim or killer. It is so eerie. It is really a fascinating thing to do. I started doing it like last year, Amanda and I were driving, and you can't not see someone in a different light. It totally paints a different picture of them. That is awesome. Also, like, yeah, are you a wolf or prey? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'd be prey. I think uh, if you played the too. Halloween theme, yeah. would be yeah for sure mixed with like the Benny Hill theme. I want a bash up of that. Yeah, we could do that along with the Doctor Who is. Speaking of music, though, when yes. they turn off the go upstairs and turn off the light in that first scene, and you hear that. Oh, yeah, it's so jarring and so scary. Yeah, it's the first. Uh, but you know how people will be like, uh, and I get it, down on jump scares. Jump scares are like cheap tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't 
consider that a jump scare because the whole time it was like mounting mm-hmm. tension from the very beginning of the credits with like the jack-o'-lantern like that's the first moment of like real deal yeah carpenter so when, earns his yes jump yeah yeah and then it happens again when he takes out the knife i think from the thing or yeah something like um, that um but the way uh sound is used to underscore uh surprises uh or music is pretty fantastic yeah. in this movie yeah um and then it happens again in different spots. Like, what's the other... For me, the other signature time when that music gets used is when um, he pops out of the back seat. Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, it's... We're an hour 47 in and we got the first scene. Done. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. It's no good. apologies. It's good. No apologies to her. So then it immediately... Wouldn't that be funny if that's our comedy <laughs> no version of No Apologies? Our podcast about the Halloween movies are long. Triggered. Two-night concert. We cut to the right Loomis and the nurse in the car, right? In the uh, rain? Yeah, that's a, and it's cool because it's... Um, the, the title cards come up again, like the before, it's like... Haddonfield, but it says Smith's Grove. Yes. October 30th. Yeah. And when you're seeing that, you're hearing the sound of rain before you see the yeah. rain. So it's a real cool mood setter, my man. And this nurse, this is something that wouldn't happen in a horror movie today. She doesn't die. Yeah. She escapes. And I feel like every horror movie would be thinking, like, how do we build in extra kills? Yes. Well, certainly, like, in, when you watch, like, by the time you're watching Friday the 13th Part 5, they're just, like, every mm-hmm. minute and a half trying to figure out a new person. But uh, only in 1978 timeline, only three people get killed. And I did think that when the nurse got escaped, I was like, oh, and another, in later slashers, that would be the first, like, brutal kill to let you know, like, hey, we're not messing around here. Yeah. But it's, yeah, she escapes. It's four people. He killed the truck, the tow truck driver. <sighs> you're right. And but I think, but in I the guess new in one, terms of on screen, yeah, you're right. Yeah, in the new one, they I think they say three that he killed three people back then too. But I think it is four. Oh, they forgot about. But maybe that. they never connected. That's the other thing I love is that Loomis doesn't see that body. We see right. it, but Loomis doesn't. That's yeah. another thing I don't think they would do today. They would have to have the character. It's not enough, yeah. you know. And this is, uh, I, I, I'll say this a few other times with the movie when there's ever like kind of little nitpicky weird things. Like it's the virtue of the power of like the acting and how gorgeous the movie looks and the music that like these certain questions you don't get bothered by. But like he randomly stopped at this uh, phone booth that is yeah. just a stone's throw away from where Michael Myers got his suit and killed that guy. Yeah. I guess that's the same road to Haddonfield, but do they ever say how far apart? Uh, 115. They, okay, so that's significant. 115 miles or something like that. Yeah, they say. Yeah, that's fairly significant. And I could get, maybe it's where, maybe that guy stops to make a phone call. Maybe that's, let's give it as much benefit of the doubt we can. That's yeah. a popular phone booth that people know you can go to on this corner. Yeah, it's not the only phone booth. It's the popular one. Yes. Where everybody is like making calls from there are the amazing. goes and uh, yeah. he gets there. And of course, Dr. Loomis would go there too. This is the phone booth mm-hmm. everybody goes to. They don't have Verizon. Yeah, it's the peach pit of phone booths. Oh my God. 
<laughs> I think it says that on the uh, phone booth. Um, and he finds the match, the the red rabbit. And that really doesn't. That's like a. It's not a red rabbit. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a pink herring. <laughs> they don't really. Fulfill. Well, it's because the tow truck driver has that matchbook, right? But was the matchbook suggestive of Michael in some way? No, but he later finds. How does it work? Does he? He's somehow able to go. Oh, because Michael has the. He finds the matchbook. Loomis finds the matchbook in the house or something. Oh, I thought he found it on the outside by the in the grass by the mechanic truck he does oh i remember why yeah because the the matchbook is in the car with the nurse and loomis originally she see he sees she has oh, it. oh right? that's good and so good he eye. knows that michael, that's what she's smoking the cigarette yeah with. Okay, he okay. knows that michael has been at the phone booth but he doesn't that's find great. the body and he knows that the the cars crash because of michael because of that yes but he doesn't see the body that's right yeah which is why doesn't Michael take the tow truck instead of staying in the? Yeah, I mean, we, we, there's a lot you have to let go of the fact that Michael maybe can it's drive. a stick shift, right? And he learned how to drive automatic in a. I actually like the way they explain it—a way of like, yeah, he, how can he know how to drive? Or he couldn't possibly know how to drive. Well, he's doing a pretty good job of it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also want to see like the miniseries based on the guy who taught Michael Myers how to drive. Like, you know, like it's like a touching Tuesdays with Worry. Like an older inmate in the institution. This is how you do it on the last day he dies. And Michael's like, you were the father. I never had. You want to kill babysitters, kid? You got to learn to drive. (laughs) Come with me. The kindly story of a killer Michael's carrying on this guy's legacy. Come with me. We'll take the patient car. But uh, yeah, that opening, it's like a rainy street. And it almost looks like um, Nightmare, uh, not uh, Night of the Living Dead. Like when they pull up and you just see those people wandering around in clothes. I've never seen Night of the Living Dead. Oh, that's okay, man. That's okay. I'm not one of those people who Maybe. judge. Yeah. Um, why not? The listeners didn't hear that. Why did not? They? Well, it looks like now we can't, our next podcast can't be the Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, oh. Night of the Living Dead, 1990 remake. <laughs> in Dead we have not seen with Ged. Have you seen Return of the Living Dead? I haven't seen that eighties yeah, one. That one's yes, really good. Yes, I have good. seen that one. I've the, seen the punk parts rock of it. one. Yeah, that's fun. I think I've seen that. You got to check that out. I think I have. Um, but uh, but you've seen uh, you know the kind of iconography yes. of it. Yeah, you I could mean, imagine how I would think that, oh, right? Okay, I think you're fucking crazy. <laughs> I think you should be uh, in Smith's Grove. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Michael jumps up on the car. Ooh. I took a little picture. You see his face a little bit in yeah. the back window. You have a picture on your phone? Uh-huh. Ooh, do I want to see this? Um, now, this is Nick Castle. I think you would because right? my man resembles Adam Driver. <laughs> really? Not a bad face. Oh, and John Travolta. Like, he looks like he could be either, which if I had to choose either of those mugs, yes, please. Ooh. That's definitely Nick Castle. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know what um, Nick... Ca- he he became a director in his own, right? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he played Michael Myers. Right. Except for the other shot where you see his face. So, and he was like a young, hungry... He wanted to work on a movie, and so John Carpenter's like... Yeah, they were in a band together. Oh, really? Yeah. What did he play? I'm not sure, but they... The Skulls? I think he even tours with his current band. 
with Carpenter's oh, son. Oh, I'd I love believe. to go to one of those. We should have, yeah. yeah. Maybe if they come around again. It was sold out when I checked it. Mm. That's the real horror story. I'll tell you, man. Uh, but yeah, Nick Castle just being like, yeah, man, I'll run around on a car in yeah. the rain and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I don't like the Michael Myers kind of having super strength stuff. Is it my favorite? Like his ability to kind of like smash the car window. It sounds like I hate this movie that I love, but just like that. Uh, you see that as. Uh... That he can kind of do that without hurting himself. Yeah. It makes him seem pervious in a way that doesn't make him scarier to me. I see, because yeah, I, the the realer he is, the more scary. Yeah, he is. yeah. But I get how for another viewer, mm-hmm. stuff like that does make it scarier because you kind of go like, "Ooh, there's a force that I could never, I couldn't never beat." Yeah, I'm with you. But I do like more of the kind of like. That's why this movie is by far the scariest because. He's a man up until the end, and that's the twist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're not right. even thinking. And all the other movies, you just grow up thinking like Jason, Michael, they're all zombies, essentially. Well, and I, I, yes, I thought that. I was like, are they partly doing all this? Like, he's a force, he's a thing, because they feel it's very important to try to explain how he could be getting hurt, hit in the eye, and come back. Like, mm-hmm. that was such a bold radical concept that this man of like flesh not a paranormal monster could keep whereas you know by friday the 13th part three you've totally accepted yeah. the fact that like a killer can keep coming back and, yeah but and his wounds are don't seem fatal to me he gets poked in the eye with a coat hanger and gets stabbed sort of shallowly in the neck with a <laughs> with knitting a needle there's she has way too confidence in the i know in his death like he dies behind the couch and then she's like you know what i think i'm gonna chill out on this yeah, couch i am i'm gonna leave the knife behind that's for sure Oh, Lori. Lori. I get it. That's a high press sitch. You can't be yeah. expected to do A-plus work. Horror tropes have not been invented, so she That's, couldn't know. Yeah. She, oh. she is responsible for everyone else taking the knife. That's what I was going to say, too, about they're inventing the tropes in this movie. Um, you know you're in the hands of a genius when they're not only, like, inventing the thing, like the point of view cam, which, mm-hmm. you know, I guess Jaws kind of has, like, shark cams and stuff, but this is, like, the true, like... While they're inventing it, they're also, like, adding to it. Like, when he puts on the mask, that's like them going, yeah, we're doing a point of view thing, and we're going to have him put on a mask. It's, like, pretty... Yeah. It's cool. It really is. A a hack would just kind of be like, "Eh, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That... The knife thing, when she doesn't pick up the knife, that was a point of contention historically for this movie. But I think it's only with hindsight that you think about that. I don't think at the time, because... You don't even really know because these movies weren't regular that he's going to get up again necessarily. Right. But also the end of the new one when they're driving away in the truck, she's they do a close up of her the knife in I think the da- the granddaughter's hand yeah. and I think a lot of people have thought, "Oh, that's signifying she's going to be the killer." But I think they're such fans of these movies that they're making a point of saying, "No, this time they're now keeping she has the, the knife." knife. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, because it was a controversial thing of like, how can somebody forget the, like the thing I thought of the, like when people do the classic idiot, instead of running out of the house, you run up the stairs. And I was like, oh, they do do this in this movie. She goes over the house and she asks where Annie is and her friends. But I was like, 
she goes up the stairs because she's looking for her friends. Yeah, oh, definitely. She's not being an idiot. She's, like, actually concerned, like, where are you guys? Are you yeah. okay? She doesn't know there's a boogeyman yet, right. other than Tommy saying that he saw one. Yeah. She doesn't see the bodies until minute 75, and there's only, uh, like, 10 minutes left. So, like, her experience of the actual horror is pretty quick. Yeah, it's it's like every horror movie after this was... Each little death was a movie in itself. This is one movie yeah. about a slow and steady build to one moment. Yeah. As opposed to these little tastes and pepperings. Well, and then also, yeah, I mean, it could be asked sort of like, why doesn't... Does Michael find out Lori's across the street because he overhears her on the phone? Does he not know that she's in the house? Because the fact that he's kind of like tracking Annie, I'm like, but isn't his tie sort of to... Lori. They don't make that, I think, until the second movie. Well, they make him her sister. I mean, I think partly... Yeah, right. I think partly, like, there's a Cupid's arrow kind of thing that happens with when he sees her you're right. drop the key at the yeah, house. You're right. That it's sort of like whatever teenage girl who is going to sort of resemble his sister yeah. in that house, whoever he was going to see, that was going to be like who he'd want to kiss, or, you know, Cupid's arrow. The first person you see you fall in love with, with him, it was like, I'll want to stalk her. Yeah. But I think one of the cool questions of the movie is you go, is he following her because he wants to kill her or because he sort of has an affection for her? I think it's truly both. Yeah. It, and, and, and they kind of line him up with Tommy. Like, the first time Tommy, like... He says, okay, I'll see you later. He walks off left frame, and as he's walking off, Michael Myers' shoulder comes in. It's almost like, oh, Michael is... He was, they look the same. They're like yeah. both toe-headed boys yeah. who like have these teenage... Like He's probably going like, oh... By the way, I looked just like that. I had hair just like that. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't look more like those two kids. Did... Uh, Not Michael as much as Tommy. Did Diana look like... Jamie Lee? No, she looked more like the girl in Friday the 13th Part 2, like Strawberry Blonde oh, and Jenny. Freckles. Yeah. yeah. Jeanette, my main babysitter, was kind of like the perfect cross of, <laughs> of Lori and Annie. Wow. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I'm conflating a lot of growing up with this movie, so it's confusing. <laughs> and not altogether... It's innocent, but not altogether healthy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know how else to put it. It's formative. I can't say it it's more formative. enough. Like, I think that's the... Yeah. 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 Um, but those movies, I'm sure they were just... It's what the kids looked like. It's what a yeah. teenage babysitter would also... She'd have her hair done, that's right. done that way. Um, so, yeah. Where did we leave off? So, the, the Mental Institute? Yeah. Um, and then, I guess... We pretty much covered that, right? And then we get to meet the girls. Oh, that uh, that fence with the sun. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Gorley. Why am I trying to have spooky. my own spooky... The microphone almost <laughs> fell over and I got scared. Uh, that um, uh, hospital, the fence sign, that's just by the, like... Hollywood Mulholland oh, Reservoir. Yeah. Oh, I didn't and know And I that. think they didn't even get permits. permits. They just, like... Not. Ran up there, put up a sign that said, like, crazy house, and, like, yeah. shot it really quick. Um, it's fascinating that almost all of this is shot in 
South Pasadena, a little bit Altadena, and then the babysitter houses are straight Hollywood. up Hollywood. Yeah, and I think because they probably just had to find two that they could use next across the street from yeah, each other. Yeah, and the editing, the fact that they make that all seem of a piece is a yeah, they big. really do. Yeah, yeah. it's impressive. Uh, and then also the uh, when they're driving up to the house. Um, she goes, oh, I just, I hope they, I don't like gibberish. I hate it when they rant and rave. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is part of Dr. Loomis's, like, Shakespeare psychobabble, where he goes, you haven't anything to worry about. He hasn't spoken a word in 15 years. <laughs> like, what is he, what's <laughs> That's this? more worrying, friend. <laughs> Excuse me, doctor. Where did you get your degree? You haven't anything to worry about. <laughs> Who talks like that other than somebody who's trying to what strike fear? What is your doctorate in, Mr. Loomis? Dr. Loomis? Spookology! <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, could you pull over? But it's raining. I don't, I don't care. Now, yeah, she comes yeah. back, this character. Do you know that? No. She comes back in, I think, part six. <sighs> Holy shit. That's right? some true Am I fan going crazy? Service. I'm pretty sure she does. Is she, because um, Paul Rudd's in part six. Yeah. Is it, is it Paul Rudd's mom is like the nurse who got away? Uh, they do something like they that. They do. I'm pretty sure. We never told you back. this, but your mom was that nurse who smoked a cigarette and ran away. <laughs> My she, mom? Was she the nurse? comes back. Hold on. Smoked a cigarette and ran away? <laughs> That's right. I wonder if it's the same actress. I don't. No, God, I hope I'm That's not cool. making this up. What is her name? Um, Nursey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also forget. I'm looking at the cast character names. And when um, Loomis scares away that kid, Lonnie. La- Lonnie. Oh, yeah. I like. <laughs> oh, in fact, one of those kids. Do you think is... those kids. Oh, speaking of the nurse reappears. Do you think those are the three bullies that pick on Tommy outside of school? Oh, good question. They must be, right? I couldn't get a good look, but it looked like the same sizes, and it seemed like almost kind of like a Disney-esque, kind of like, those bullies got their comeuppance when Dr. Loomis scared them away. <laughs> it's like, whoa! Marion. That must be Marion. Marion, uh, Marion Crane and Psycho. The nurse's oh, name, Marion? Yeah. Let me see. I'm I'm almost certain that she comes back. It's been a while. Nurse Marion. Um, we miss you, Nurse Marion. Well, she whatever. Wait a minute. She's she, in. Oh yeah, she's in Halloween too. Whoa. Oh, and H two O. Shit. Shit. Wait. Same actress. Same and character? she's in Ally McBeal. <laughs> yes. Same actress. Same character. Um. In Halloween too, I wonder does she reappear at the hospital? She must. Something like That's that. That's smart. All nurses go to hospitals. All nurses go to hospitals. And all dogs go to heaven. Um When we get to it, I have the most amazing story for when they go to the graveyard. Oh, when the graves when the groundskeeper yeah. takes them? Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, remember that. Okay. Do you need a um hollow your weenie? Uh sure. Is this an unprecedented Double Halloweeny too, man. We're coming back with a bang, and we're back. We never left, according to you. Yeah, you didn't even know it. It's day three. <laughs> we're already into the timeline of Halloween two. Yes, that is day three, right? Because this starts October thirtieth. Yeah, 
then Halloween, and then part two starts right after that little uh, That's right. little magic stopped. Uh, so after that, then we go to Lori's house, right? Lori Strode's house. Yeah. She's stepping out. And Dad's saying drop off the key to the Myers house. I like the suggestion here that maybe the Strodes are like, I think, maybe I'm making this up, but I think Lori is like lower income than her friends. I think she Probably. lives in kind of like... Not of nice house. Her dad has to like have the realty sign on their family car. Yeah, right. Um, and he's like making her do work for her. It just seems like they're. Uh, yeah. Not. I'm not saying impoverished, but they're they're scrappy. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. They're yeah, just making their way. And then I also love that like when she's stepping out of the house, the camera's sort of like ominously moving in, and it feels like the point of view killer cam stuff like that mm-hmm. happens all the time mostly i notice like when they're show people sitting on couches it always starts with them like the camera kind of pushing in and then circling them so every time you're watching this you feel like a, it feels like michael's sort of looming around it really does he's not. it's really effective yeah that's absolutely right uh, uh oh boy so she makes her dad do that favor her or her dad goes yeah so th- drop the key off that house has not been lived in since 63, I'm assuming, because it's totally dilapidated, right? run down. Everybody has a house like that in their neighborhood or their town, right? It's kind of the like... Murder house. Yeah, the spooky house. We that... literally do. Across the street, there's a murder. Whoa. Yeah. Well, how recently? Six or seven years ago, before we got here. Really? Yeah, it was very similar to the murder in The Staircase, that uh, documentary. Yeah, a little so, like fishy. Yeah. Or birdie in that case. <laughs> but this it's funny to think that we we all had those kind of scary houses but they were all kind of mythical nothing really happened right this literally a murder happened 15 yeah 15 uh, years ago yeah 15 years ago and also it's a little sad that Lori's dad is like selling i know i think you're right about that that's what i was trying to think of he's a realtor but he's probably low rung at his very low rung realtor yeah and they're like all right give this to bill strode and the house is falling <laughs> apart literally yeah. like when yeah. loomis goes in a rain gutter comes and crashes that's what the that is yeah amanda asked the same thing what i was gonna was ask that? our listeners i'm glad you had the answer i was like what is that yeah it's like the part of the rain gutter that connects to the downspout but it like pivots it yeah. certainly scares Dr. Loomis. Yeah. What kind of doctor gets scared? He pulls out his gun, but he has a permit. Yeah. Yeah. He's a gun doctor. What A doctor with a gun. Not since Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Have I seen or uh, Kojak. Yeah. I don't know who's the doctor. Marcus Welby? Yeah. MD, but he didn't have a gun. He should have. He should have. God damn it. So she walks to that spooky house and meets Tommy and then... Uh, yeah, Michael sees her. That, that's another one of those. Yeah. It is fascinating just to think that whatever train of thought Michael has is he escapes, and the first thing, the only thing he knows to do is just go home. Yeah. Because he's still kind of a kid, I right, guess. Right, right, right. And you'd be like, I get, are my parents still there? He doesn't have anywhere else he would know to go. He's not going to go to a hotel, <laughs> a red roof in, a friend's house. If Michael tried to drop by his old friend's house, like from third grade, and just pick up where they last <laughs> left off, they're like, oh, dude, uh, you murdered your sister. 
<laughs> he's 21 here. They're, what would you say, 17, 18? Yeah, so they're also very, they're close in age that he... Like, if he hadn't killed, he would have been a senior probably when they were freshmen. Yeah. So they probably have older siblings or know people that went to school with Michael Myers. Right. It's interesting, though, in a Nightmare on Elm Street sort of way, how, like, recent history gets easily forgotten by the community in a way that I buy that I feel like it's kind of like repression. Same with Force Awakens, and they forgot about (laughs) the myth of the Jedi. How built C-3PO? Yeah. Or that, too, yeah. (laughs) Or how uh, Marty McFly's parents have a kid that looks exactly like the kid who got them to fall in love. Yeah, that's true. Huh? They'll go, hey, weird. What? You're back. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a lot of BTTF talk here, goddammit. Well, Sorry. It's all right. No uh, apologies. But the, um, uh, wait, so, um, oh, with uh, someone in the house, he's there, he's looking through the window. Uh, that's what we were talking about, yeah. right? With, mm-hmm. And then, like, a, um, it's interesting that he would be attracted to Lori. Because it seems to be kind of like he's got a wire cross where, like, is that his sister? Does he love her? Something like that. But, like, uh, um, uh, I was going to say that, like, um, she's different than his sister. Like, she's not having sex. But I think it's what you said, that it is a wires cross thing. He's stunted as his six-year-old self, and he's seeing her as probably the same age Judith was. So there's a connection there, but he's also, as his adult self, seeing a, a contemporary, an attractive contemporary. Uh-huh. So he's probably even filled with more rage because he wants to kill the thing his sister was, but he probably also, but he's also attracted, attracted to, to it. it. So he wants to kill it even more. And which, all of that yeah. is even primal, not intellectual. So it's all reactionary. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, Dr. Loomis should have totally helped him out with. Like, when he goes, you know... I just I diagnosed him, and Loomis spent 15 years. I was like, Loomis, did you ever talk to him about <laughs> the night he killed his sister? Like, when he saw her, like, having sex with Like, that, you know, that didn't come up for you? First of all, did you ever speak to him? Because maybe Michael Myers didn't speak for 15 years because you never spoke. He just went in there and <laughs> stared at him. He had this, like, weird, tough love. <laughs> Dr. Loomis is sort of, like, the dirty Harry of psychotherapy. Yeah. Like, Because when they, like, first, like, they're like, why do we have to take Michael out of the hospital? He's like, because it's the law. Yeah. Because, like, he hates bureaucrats. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say, though? I, I uh, cut you off. Something uh, about his wires crossed. Oh, and- just that. That Oh, that, like, it's interesting that it's not a direct one-to-one. It's like... yeah. If if what he thought was threatening was like his sister's sexuality, maybe what's attracted to him is he does see that she's shy and compared to mm. Annie and Linda, she's not that. Like, there's part of me that sometimes thinks like he de- does. He's not waiting to kill her because he's savoring it. It's sort of like he doesn't want to, or he's trying to figure it out. There's also a thing that I notice. Whenever kids go away, that's when Michael attacks. So if you surround yourself with kids. Mm. Yeah. Like, he seems to steer clear. It's almost like he identifies with Tommy, because, like, he scares those bullies away when Tommy's, like, getting teased at school. Yeah. So it's like he's a kind of a protector. I don't know. And I could see that, because does he ever really... Oh, he wants to kill his niece in the fourth one, though. Yeah, he does. That little devil. And the fifth one and the sixth one. <laughs> uh, but when she walks away, she sings that song. That's like yeah. made up. Yeah, she made it up. 
because they didn't have enough in the budget to have her sing a real song, so they, her and John Carpenter were just like, just make something up. Apparently, though, they must have blown everything on Blue Oyster Cult's Fear the Reaper. Cause no that's shit! In there. I know, that's like, so, even when she picks up Lori first in the car, there's like one of those like public domain cheap like, ding dong ding a doop wop doo! <laughs> You're like, whoa, okay, yeah. I guess this, they live in a world where they love shitty music. <laughs> and then Don't Fear the Reaper comes on, and I'm thinking, uh, more cowbell? <laughs> but but Annie does one of those made up songs too. Like, don't Paul, don't stall yeah. Paul. I can't remember. But how it it's goes, sort but. of to the tune of Oh Mandy. She's going Oh, oh. Paul, and oh, like she's right. she's yeah. sort of playing with fire a little bit. Like and that would have been out then. And then she's whistling between those. They don't match at all. It's like Oh Paul. those two songs don't go together but yeah uh the um uh but when she's in the classroom that samuel's quote is made up too that the teacher's talking about so they're basically back to back a made-up song lyric to fit the because it's about like when is she saying she says something like uh uh the lines are uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I wish I had you all alone, just the two of us. Oh, so it kind of sets up like they will eventually be all yeah. alone, just the two of them. Do you think that was on purpose? I think they might have gone. What's kind of an ironic thing for her to yeah. if she sings something romantic here? Because they keep. I mean, throughout the whole movie, it's sort of like, they're talking about, are you interested in this guy? Do you want to date this guy? And this whole time, Michael's like stalking her, mm-hmm. like he's in love with her. So it's like, oh, if only these two crazy kids could make it work. They <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, the making up the, then the, I didn't find that until a few years ago, that like, there's no, the book that's being referenced is entirely, John Carpenter was just like, what's something, we'll say something about fate. Because she's looking out the window right now. and but. I wonder when they flash or um, homage that in the new one, what kind of voiceover there is. Cause yeah, because they, they, they do, right? Yeah. And do they say Samuel's, this made-up author? Yeah. I wonder what, uh, do you think it's, um, oh, what's a funny person with the last name Samuel's? <laughs> we'll figure it out later. <laughs> no, we'll figure it out now. Bippy Samuels? Is that a real... <laughs> Bippy Samuels. Yeah, yeah. But that is... A, even that is so frightening that she's sitting there in class and she looks out. Oh, it's the best. And he's just followed her from the house. It's truly spooky. And it's so fast, you kind of... Your eyes and brain don't register it entirely. And then yeah. it's such a human moment. It's one of Jamie Lee Curtis's like great acting is... She looks away and looks at the classroom and this kind of like very human... That's weird. I'm going to look at other people to see if they notice that. And then when she looks back, it's that really human, I'm taking a risk of looking back as if that person's still there looking at me, then I'm in like real trouble. Yeah. And then they don't do the fakey thing. Like She looks out again, and he's still standing there. Yeah. It's really spooky. Yeah. Can you imagine if you were in a classroom, and you oh. looked across the street, and a guy's just standing there? No. Wait a minute. Is the timeline right? So she, we don't meet Annie and Linda until after school's out, yeah. right? So she's in class, and he's standing across the street with the mask. Yeah. That's the first time we see him in the mask. That's the right. The first time she sees him 
it's the first time we're seeing him. And then it isn't until Annie picks her up to go to the babysitting job that they drive by the hardware store, right? Right. So that burglar alarm's been going all day. Oh, (laughs) it's bonkers that, like, he follows them in the car as they're going up the tool thing. So it's like, yeah, it's either he immediately hopped in the car and started speeding around the block following these people or the alarm has been going on the whole time because they say he stole a mask yeah so he had to steal it earlier that day the uh, annie's dad isn't doing a very good job as a cop that he just rolled up there he should two hours later come a realtor yeah. yeah, why don't you become uh, like Lori's dad and become a realtor, Yeah. okay? <laughs> Do a real service. Uh, yeah, The so he stole that mask. And a knife and rope. And that rope never gets... Does it ever get used? I don't this know. This is sort Are of they... like Q well, there's... in James Bond. Like, did he... Yeah, there's a couple things you could say it was to pull the gravestone out or mm. to hang Bob when he, cause what is Bob hanging from when he swings down and he's dead? Like, is there yeah. a pull up bar up there? And that's the most perfectly timed, uh, reveal of like body, his swings down perfectly. And then she just leans up against the door and the, the, the yeah. little thing just swings open revealing, uh, like Linda, yeah, it's all perfectly it's perfectly yeah. Or like somehow like little traps that get maybe <laughs> like that's the wires what the rope little like police. fish line. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> what police. the rope was for, yeah. I don't know. The whole time Dr. Loomis was like judging him for not talking it was because he was doing pulley work in his mind. <laughs> Figure it out. Planning. He's like the the Joker in Dark Knight yes. or like Silva in Skyfall. Just seeing <laughs> every move moment. Twenty steps ahead. Yes. Oh. Clearly, Michael Myers is... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, then... Uh, okay, so then they go to school. Okay, so then when she walks off and he's breathing, like Darth Vader... Yeah, really. Oh, boy. One inhaler would fix this whole story. <laughs> yeah, why don't they call the movie Inhaler? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, inhaler Wayne. <laughs> Then it goes to Dr. Loomis. He's walking out of the thing, talking to the... Oh, yeah. Walking to, that's a I like choice. That yeah. We get a lot of information. Haddonfield is 150 miles away. Mm-hmm. It's Loomis's hunch that he's going there. Nobody else believes him. Good hunch. Someone taught him to drive. <laughs> yeah, so is he blaming the institution? Like, he's insinuating someone there taught him to drive. What he also says, like, they were like, I told it he needed more Thorazine. Oh. He's mad that, like, the... So that means Michael, like, has the force to fight off that met the Thorazine and, like, attack them. Like, Dr. Loomis apparently was, like, knock him... Which is in the Rob Zombie Halloween is a big plot point, is them, like, injecting him with enough stuff to knock him out when they make the move. Yeah, apparently. So... Yeah. Don't they don't they say he tries to talk to him for a few years and then he just sedates him for the rest of the time, right? Yeah. Yeah, for the first 7 years he tried to talk to him and for the next 8 he didn't or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> good record Dr. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Most all of my patients are sedated at this point. That's the solution. <laughs> uh I'm a doctor of pharmacology. So, uh 
I also think that sort of thing of like the um the the sort of bureaucratic mental institute yeah. sort of thing. It sort of um uh predicts in a couple years that, you know, Reagan when he became president, he shut down all these mental health facilities. And the reason there was like a big spike in uh, homelessness oh. was because a, a bunch of people who were mentally had mental health problems were now on the streets. So I think this movie is really just it's about what Reagan it's did. It's a warning man. call. Yeah. It's pre-Reagan yeah. prediction. Yeah, he released a bunch of little Michael Myers. Right. This is the Carter administration. Yeah, the weak yeah. Carter administration. Let Let's teach Michael how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> State funding for crazy people driving. Vote this is yes. what it leads to. Yeah. Um, and then she's in the classroom. Yeah. Um, uh, when I saw Lori in the corner there in her desk, I'm like, we're all Lori. Yeah. We all felt that way in high oh, school, yeah. sitting in the back of the That's classroom, right. feeling like we're the smartest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling superior to everybody. Knowing we don't need to listen to a thing, and then when we're called upon, we can answer back even more eloquently than the teacher. That's us. <laughs> but when she looks back and the car is gone, I was like, what's faster, the guy having sex at the beginning or Michael getting in that car? Yeah, no kidding. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Nissan. So the boogie, the use of the term the boogeyman. Yeah. Uh, the in the next scene, those bullies are like teasing Tommy by going, "The boogeyman is coming." Mm-hmm. Um, I think the originally the title of this movie was, truthfully, it was like the babysitter murders, the babysitter murders, and yeah. then the boogeyman too. I think was also oh, I a didn't possible because it wasn't even a Halloween movie originally. Yeah, which and you think like nobody had taken that title yet. Yeah, that's crazy. Holy moly! So yeah, because like. There's a lot of name dropping of the boogeyman, mm-hmm. and it kind of leads to this idea of like, oh, it's a, it's an elemental force. It's right. just like the boogeyman. But when you were growing up, I think you heard that, right? What did you think the boogeyman was? Yeah, it was amorphous, and it wasn't super scary because it did feel like a generational holdover, like uh-huh. from my parents' generation or something. Like yeah. The boogeyman was just kind of... folklore. I also just couldn't not think of a booger. So I just yes. thought like of a man made of boogers, and it was gross, but not <laughs> yeah. scary. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I was trying to imagine like what a boogeyman looked like. And yeah, it's just booger man. Right. But now I think of Michael Myers when I think of the boogeyman, cause it kind of reclaimed it. You know, that's true. Yeah. I p- particularly think of Tommy's viewpoint of looking out that window and seeing him across the street silhouetted against the house. Cause that's what he calls him. The bo- He's like the yeah. boogeyman's out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's sort of like, um, gremlins, how they took a old timey yeah. term and then found a way like in modern times to like make it right. spooky. Yeah. Cause when I, before that gremlin was a thing that was like in Bugs Bunny. Yeah. That Bugs that Bunny would, cartoon. Like, eat up yeah. the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Bugs Bunny, when the plane starts going down, it doesn't hit the ground because it ran out of gas. Yeah, it ran out of gas. <laughs> he don't know me too well, do he? Gorley, that's a good Bugs. Well, it ain't Wendell Wilkie. <laughs> That was the gremlin, but the second one. That was, I think that was one of those uh, public domain Looney Tunes. Yeah. Because they would be on every tape you would ever yes, get. I yeah. had those tapes. God. Yeah. And the early Daffy Ducks where he truly was crazy. Like, woo, 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 woo. 
Yeah, I like that Daffy Duck yeah, more than the jerk Daffy. I mean, I like jerk I like Daffy both, too, yeah. but like the fact that he's just Daffy, like he's a yeah, nut. Yeah, truly Daffy. Yeah. Messerschmitt, a whole mess of Messerschmitt. <laughs> he just bounces around. <laughs> so good. Uh, do you think they've ever met Michael Myers? Bugs and no, different... Uh, it's they're Warner Brothers, so oh right, yeah. so they could legally no, but they've met Batman and Harry Potter, I guess. <laughs> oh man, I would love unless, a, a like, Batman sorry, unless, Daffy Duck Harry Potter movie. <laughs> <laughs> what were you to say? Unless Michael Myers was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where they all came together, <laughs> should have been. You wait, <laughs> greedy Hollywood, they'll do it. <laughs> Are we to the graveyard yet? Because I've died to tell uh, the story. I think we're... Yeah, because... Um, uh, oh, I was just going to say, when he's driving around in that state of Illinois station wagon, imagine like being on the street and seeing a, a state of Illinois station wagon driving down the street, and behind the wheels, a guy in a white mask. <laughs> and that's when you think it's Devin Graham? Like what is what is Devin Graham up to? Devin Graham is one pale ass dude <laughs> who, who drives looks like William state. Shatner. You know Devin Graham. He's so cool. He's so pale. Like he's a punk rocker who ironically drives a state station wagon. Man, he's cool. He's like, but he has that sort of thick brown tuft of hair <laughs> of non human hair. Oh Graham, I wish he'd kiss me. <laughs> and he preternaturally drives well. How does he even do that? He's the only kid in school who didn't go to driver's ed, and he's driving. I do like the suggestion of the the things that make Michael Myers like be able to disappear is that his car is like authoritarian, so nobody ever like thinks it's too suspicious. They go, oh, it's a state of Illinois. Oh, yeah. They have to be up to good work. Yeah. It's kind of like a subversive thing. But also, I hadn't really thought about it. He can walk around in a mask on Halloween, and nobody thinks he's creepy. That's right. Which is really scary when you go out on Halloween. I know. Or when you go to do one of these Halloween Horror Nights at these theme parks, you're like, what if... There is some... a movie like that that's like oh about a, a... killer at a horror-themed ah. park thing. When you said that car is has authority, I, I misheard it like that car is autonomous. And I just <laughs> imagine like it drives around like Kit and Michael gets in it and they're just kind of a team. Well, then he'd say, hello, Michael. <laughs> He would, right? and then Michael wouldn't speak back, and then the car eventually would be like, he's Michael. evil. He's evil. I, I sedated him with Thorazine seven months into our long road trip. <laughs> Through the car seat, he injected Thorazine in the, this is the Michael I signed up for. My Michael's cute with curly hair and black leather jacket. What if in Knight Rider, that car kit is like, I, you know, I worked with another Michael <laughs> back when I was a station wagon. I don't want a name job. <laughs> I like you. It rhymes with better. Michael Guyers. <laughs> <laughs> he was a killer instead of having a career that got killed. Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh, he's taking a little dig at Hasselhoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the cemetery. Okay. So I'm watching this with my wife, Amanda. I made her because I was too afraid. It was nighttime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so the, that's why you got married. Yeah, so you oh yeah. Somebody I had, to watch I, scary movies, and she does love horror movies. And they're walking through the graveyard, talking about Michael Myers, and they get to Judith's grave, and the the gravekeeper goes, "All oh, these damn kids," yeah. and they show the little 
perfectly rectangular hole that the headstone has been taken out of. And Amanda, with no joke, no irony, goes, that tiny grave? <laughs> she, she thought Judith had, was buried in that tiny little thing. She was like a Barbie doll yeah. in a shoebox. <laughs> that and I had to really write it in the notes. Funny. That's uh, that's adorable. If Judith was like a, well, you know, body shrink after death, <laughs> decompose. Uh, oh. That's good. Yeah, that groundskeeper. Um, he starts telling a story about another murder he heard about in Haddonfield. Yeah, and you don't get to hear the And end he gets of interrupted it. in the most like corniest vaudevillian way. He goes, and then he proceeded to yeah. and Dr. Lewis goes, No, what about so yeah. the perfect comic I, interruption? I have some problems with that story because he he excused himself from dinner. And then well, if presumably he kills everybody there that was a witness to this, how does he know this part of the story? <laughs> he excused himself from dinner. <laughs> Went into the bathroom by himself, looked in the mirror, and winked three times. How do you... But he'd turned on an early version of a camcorder, a Super 8 camera. You know, a GoPro. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, oh, so then we meet the girls. They're walking out of the school. Linda says totally. Hmm. Now... About 20 times. Yes, totally 20. (laughs) Uh, The only... She was in Carrie two years before this, PJ Souls. Yeah, that's right. So, and when I was watching this movie, I was like, Carrie might be the closest thing that is to Halloween before Halloween, which is like high school teen actors. Uh, Lori is almost kind of like Carrie in that she's like shy and different. Mm -hmm. Carrie's the, you know the monster and she's like supernatural so it's a little different but yeah black christmas i've never seen black christmas but i hear uh, that is too yeah and i guess That's, texas chainsaw there's like a yeah Groza, but yeah you're right black christmas is good margot kidder's like in a sorority it's margot kidder really mm-hmm. is olivia hussey in that what am i thinking of that she's oh she in? is too yeah she is too yeah. yeah and then bob clark who did like christmas story and porkies and stuff directed oh it. right yeah i gotta watch that maybe it's not margot kidder Maybe it is Olivia Hussey. Because Marco Kidder's in Amityville. So maybe that's right. what I'm... Yeah, and Superman. Yeah, she played Superman. She did. <laughs> she did. You're a Margo Kidder. <laughs> Margo Kidder. <laughs> I don't know what the bar part of that was, but... Uh, oh, um, this movie? Mar? Go, Kidder. You marred it. Like you, okay, okay, come on. Can we focus for once? Um, so then we, we, they walk home from school. And, and says, the head Paul scene. dragged me into the boys' locker room. Yeah. Yeah. This Paul character, we never see Paul or Ben. Right here. Yeah, me, me name is Paul. <laughs> Paul. Uh, they're walking home, you know, Lori Cares more about books because she's holding more of them. Yeah, and it's who? Lori or, I mean, Annie or Linda forgot their book. Yeah, Linda doesn't care. And they're smoking cigarettes and Lori ain't. So mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of character differences here. We know what kind yeah. of person there's the she hedge. Is. Then they see Michael at the hedge. Michael they, at the hedge. hedge. Yeah, so. that's really good because you kind of think it wouldn't be possible because he drives by in the car and stops. 
And I like that moment because that's a real deal. Like when you're a teenager, that's a scary thing when the you're with breaks, a group of friends. Yeah. And one person is a little riskier than yeah. everybody else and goes like, fuck you. And yeah. then the car slams. You're like, Goo! Yeah. That's like a real. Gosh, can't you take a joke? She does talk like she's in the 40s. Like she almost has a uh, transatlantic accent. Annie? Yeah. Yeah. She has like sort of a, yeah, kind of a his Why girl don't Friday. You call Ben Tramer. Golly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. B. That's right. She, she sounds like she should be like on a on a beat, like yeah. on a city newspaper. Yeah. yeah, and I wonder. I think a fair amount of this is ADR'd, so I just wonder how much of it changed in that time. Or something. yeah, I noticed the ADR in that opening point of view because obviously they couldn't mic the Judy Myers yeah. and her boyfriend. So like that's like when they're in the living room talking, it's like very uh, very yes yeah. yes, um, but. Uh, yeah. So then the hedge thing—that's good because she's sort of like using it. She's like using it as a way to tease Lori about like you always scare him away, right? Like yeah. you can't keep a man. Mm-hmm. Seems to be they're presenting this from the very beginning, right? That she's sort of a wallflower, right? I guess it is interesting to think that in the time span that you see Michael Myers. And that Annie goes over to the hedge, he's gone. But the only way he could have gone is straight through the side of the house. And I don't think it's physically possible unless he like sprinted full speed to get away. So there are hints of this. Is it? That's what I like about it. It yeah. rides the line so yeah. well of him yeah. disappearing and appearing. Is it just A, is it imagination? B, could he have just left? Or C, is he kind of disappearing? And yeah, appearing? yeah. yeah. Well, because like the other times that that are close to that, that it make me think of is like when she looks in the lawn out at the clothesline. Oh, God, that that's like one of my favorite parts. Me. I know. And I noticed rewatching it, she doesn't. They don't do the thing of she sees him, looks away, looks back. She never breaks her vision. So it partly makes me think it's her yeah. seeing things. We cut away, but she doesn't, right? Right. Yeah. It goes onto her face, but it's not like she looks away and looks back. So it almost makes you go. Oh, for a moment, she's seen Michael there. It never gets standardized, so you... Yes, exactly. You're, exactly. you're questioning yourself as well. The hedge thing could be like, yeah, he either disappeared or ran away or trying to figure out the time of that. And then the other one that's really good is when Annie is standing by the back patio doors oh. and she walks by and he's not there. Then she walks by again. He is and there. And that's quick. And then he walks by and she's gone so quick, you can see his shadow just like leaving the frame right at that moment. And so you go, that is real. This is like a magic trick they're doing. Um, But I love what you said. It's never standardized. So you never like figure out exactly when is she seeing it? When is he logistically doing this? And when is it uh, supernatural? Yeah. Very cool. Mm, mm. Way to go, Halloween. You know what I missed this time? For some reason, I didn't catch it. Is when he's in the closet and the dimmer comes on, and he, you could just barely see his face start to appear. Yeah. For some reason, that I don't know if it was just the version I was watching. Like it didn't. The contrast didn't show. I so. had to. I almost missed it too. But John Carpenter, if you heard, he says what he was trying to do was like the thing that happens when you're in a room and the lights turn out and your yeah. eyes adjust yeah. and you start being able to see things. He was like, Oh, I wanted to try to do that in a movie and it works that way. I don't know how they technically they did it. Literally had a, a light in there with a little dimmer that they just turned. Whoa. The knob and just, just, just kind of enough to expose his face. 
Oh, that the amount of different funny. ways that they figure out how to surprise. Like, because the other one is like when he's she's leaning up against the doorway after she's ushered the kids out, yeah. and then he does that kind of like sit up, yeah, thing. Uh, without music, it's like he sits up first, and then it goes dun dun dun. dun. Yeah, yeah, dun. that's awesome. Oh. Uh, that like um, whatever his system of like getting back also is never formalized, so it's always. A real surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then uh, they yell at the cars. So then now they're in it. And he says, hey, I'm babysitting at the Wallaces. Lori goes, oh, I'm at the O'Doyles. O'Doyles? Yeah. That's too much Irish. <laughs> or is it just Tommy Doyle? I think it's just Doyle. Okay, good. Oh. But wait, his last name's Doyle? I think so. So there's the Wallaces, and there's Tommy Doyle, and then the production designer is named Tommy Wallace. So they, yeah. like, split his name. Yeah, it does okay. get confusing. Okay. That's why I was getting yeah. confused. Um, and uh, so by that point, it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. Like, we're really... Uh, I mean, she goes home, and... She sees the trick-or-treaters, and she goes, I like that part where she goes, well, kiddo, I thought you outgrew superstitions. Yeah, what does that mean? Because she thinks, like, is Michael still following me? And then she turns a corner and sees it's trick-or-treaters. Oh, yeah. And it kind of gives you permission then for the next half hour why she's not concerned about why Michael's, why this creepy, she goes, oh. Right, it's Halloween. It's in your head. You're just overreacting. And then so... It allows why Tommy later, when he's saying, there's a guy out there, she doesn't necessarily go, yeah. oh, it would be the guy who's been following me. But um, I like, uh, if we want to talk about extra footage, that is one of the extra scenes they shot is like, Lori, when she goes home, she takes a shower. I don't remember that. And she talks to her friends on the phone. It's so weird. Don't watch, watch these as a fan of Halloween, but don't watch them within the movie because they really ruin the pace because there's a version where they put the scenes in yeah it's just on the verge of taking too long to get to stuff as it is it works well yes yeah but it is right on the edge well and jamie lee curtis has aged like two years right so she just doesn't look and she's probably in a wig too because she's in a wig for the second movie yeah she's toweling her hair uh like she just got out of the shower that's probably why they had her get out of the shower so it's like she's got her hair wound up so you're like you don't notice it the elevator scene in top gun was a reshoot so tom cruise had longer hair so they kind of give him a popped collar to hide it and uh, carrie mcgillis is in a ball cap because they're so... like these two don't have any chemistry so better <laughs> put in a scene. the tom cruise uh reshoot thing i think of is in risky business you know that had a darker ending where you didn't get into college no like it's sort of like Oh, you took a risk, uh, but it cost you. You didn't get into college. Probably would have been a better ending. Yeah, I yeah. think so. A little bit. It fits with the rest of the movie, which is kind of like this cynical kind of hard movie. Yeah. But like, um, they made Tom Cruise in the regular shoot um, lose a bunch of weight, and then they had him eat ice cream so that he kind of has like a young man's like kind of doughy soft face. And then they shot the movie, and then whatever he did, The Outsiders or something. And so at the very end, he's like, now buff Tom Cruise. He doesn't uh, look like baby-faced high school kid. Yeah. Hmm. So don't do those reshoots, guys. No. It ruins up your high school protagonist. Same with Attack of the Clones. It goes from 
just a fake wig and beard on Ewan McGregor for half the movie. It's so bad. Really? Yeah. Was there reshoots involved there? It was just a uh, yeah. Um, telling tales a little out of school. I knew somebody who worked on the Harry Potter movies, oh. and they said that Daniel Radcliffe was in his dressing room, and he like flipped something over and carved in the wood. It was like I. It was either like get me fucking out of here or something like that. And he had he was in the same dressing room Ewan McGregor was in when he was shooting the Star Wars movies in England. And it was basically like Ewan McGregor's sad, I'm trapped in this terrible like uh, prequel movie. Now, I'll tell you off mic who told me that story. It's a good source, oh, wow. but it's I'm pretty excited. cool. Okay. So Ewan McGregor having to wear that wig, <laughs> it wouldn't make you happy. No. And fake beard. You'd say, get me out of here. Yeah. Also, death sticks. That's what cigarettes are. Want some are. death sticks? That was Mouse from The Matrix. <laughs> was what? That guy that says that. Is Mouse? Yeah. Is the character Mouse from The Matrix. <laughs> Who's Mouse? He, like, drives the ship. Oh, I was thinking of, like, a Fievel. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Neo! <laughs> like a Captain EO thing. The mouse that drives the ship. <laughs> um, Have... Do you think we've gotten off track? <laughs> this is the Fievel podcast, right? We're 244 well, in. Okay. I think we can get this done in a half hour. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. People, we understand you may need to listen to this in installments. Yeah. Multiple installments. Well, you've got a week to do it because this does <laughs> next episode doesn't come out do till Friday. <laughs> we want to give you something for every day. Start it when you drop your child off at the first day of kindergarten and finish it up at their graduation in <laughs> high school <laughs> at their valedictorian address. Start the last 20 minutes of this. Can we talk about something that's strange? Why mm-hmm. are they carving a pumpkin on Halloween night? I didn't like that either. When that's, Tommy goes, she goes, do you want to carve the pumpkin? I'm like, a little late. Yeah, that's like the like in the 50s and 60s where you used to get your Christmas tree Christmas Eve. Yeah. What's the point? You're missing out on a month of joy and Scoop it out slimes. Yeah. <laughs> no. I know, that's some, that's some October 27th work, is carving the pumpkin. Because you, you can't do it so... Early, it's mushy by the time Halloween night. I know, but Halloween night's too late. But it's October twenty seventh. That's too late. Do, well, what? How fast does a pumpkin get mushy? I think you got at least a week. So an October twenty fourth sitch. Yeah. People, let us know yeah. when you carve your pumpkin and when it gets mushy. What's the perfect time to perfect day to carve a pumpkin? And it may vary depending on where you live. That's true. You're yeah. the moisture in your in the air. Yeah, and the heat. And how big your pumpkin is. Yeah. How big right. his mouth is. And you're gonna get those little mini flies. Ugh. Yeah. That's the true horror of Halloween. Yeah, the mini flies. Yeah. Mini um, flies Myers. Mini me Myers. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute. That's the worst Dr. Evil. No, that, was, that was horrible. Who was I? I sounded like Wayne Newton. He's so cute. I love God bless you. 
Minnie Wayne Newton. Now that's <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dinky Shane. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> Dinky Shane, darling. Dinky Shane. I recall Central Park, I'm small. <laughs> Did you want us to keep talking about Halloween? <laughs> or have novelty songs of... <laughs> novelty versions of songs that are over a cent- half a century old? <laughs> Is that what you're hoping for? Uh, I thought of a spoof song yesterday for um, Weezer's Tired of Sex. What? I'm tired, so tired, I'm tired of having specs. And it's a song about, like, I want to get contacts. LASIK. Yeah. 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 That's good. And Thank you. It's about time we got a song. Spoof <laughs> of a song during Clinton's second term. <laughs> uh, um, so I love Lori's evening wear. Her, like, blue, that blue sweater with yeah. the blue collar and the yeah. blue jeans. All the fashions. It's really perfect. And the way Annie dresses, that yellow v neck um, sweater vest. Yeah. And those jeans. They dress so cool. I think not only like what I talked about, but like I think she informed my fashion style, even personally. I love a good V-neck sweater. Yeah. Oh, I thought the same thing with Lori. I was like, I know in high school I wore the like blue collared shirt over a blue sweater. Yeah. Partly because I thought it looked those colors match well and i got my blue eyes oh you, you gotta sure show them do. off you uh, sure do. but i think also i like that she's it's not hyper feminine yeah and this is partly the allure of jamie lee curtis too is that she's slightly androgynous and i think that's like when you're watching the movie you know they say the final girl a lot of times it's like oh it's sort of like uh, goes back and forth between female and male roles i feel like that's even the most potent in jamie lee Curtis, like the way she looks when she wears like jeans, she's uh, not to sound creepy. She's like sexy, but she's also like. Do you see her? It's like Sigourney Weaver, huh? kind of like it's. I only because I I know there's that stupid horrible rumor about her, right? But I Which guess is not I, true. No. Yes. I. And you know that that first, she that she's hand. Tony Curtis's daughter. <laughs> it's not true, it's not people. True. I guess i never saw her as slightly androgynous because she's she's has such a great 
figure and seems feminine, very feminine. Yeah, to when me, I say I androgynous, yeah, I guess. But I, I maybe guess it's now in the eye of the beholder. Compared to Linda, who's kind of like the fast, fully developed teenager. Yeah. Well, I love what Lori says about, she's like, boys don't like me because I'm too smart. And it's like, that's probably true. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, that happens, uh, uh, it's a thing that happens still today. Like, guys don't, are threatened by that. So, I, like, you have so much affection for her as a character, too. Yeah, she's just not hyper-feminine. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she's just sort of bookish a little bit or well something. and what, yeah. what is feminine what is masculine maybe i'm uh, i'm putting these things too much in a corner i'll show you <laughs> you show me your butt <laughs> <laughs> pretty feminine huh <laughs> i was when i was a little kid probably regret saying this but you know when you're like five or six you kind of have a show me i'll show you mine show me yours kind of thing with like your teacher (laughs) i was like me and um like a boy and a girl and we would go into this like clubhouse and just when we were six not touching just showing each other our privates i never got that experience oh uh it was like what people i guess call like playing doctor or whatever but it was just like looking at stuff not touching but i remember playing doctor we called it the penis and butt club because it was (laughs) From what our understanding of looking at each other's biologies, it was like boys have a penis and girls have a butt. <laughs> Even like a front butt? Like a Yeah, butt. I think that's what we were in our nascent understanding of the female body. We're like, that's a butt. Okay, so in this many minutes that we've talked here, that is the two minutes I most regret talking well, about. You know what? I can segue it in a <laughs> dark way because there's a really troubling line in this movie <gasps> when they say, well, first I'll rip your clothes off. This is Bob and yes, Linda. Yes, I noticed this for the first time. Bob says, then we rip Lindsay's clothes off? Yeah. What is... Not cool because he's referring to the, for people who don't know, the young girl she's babysitting. Yeah. And the joke I think is supposed to be like, debauchery, debauchery, debauchery. But I'm like, that is not cool man and even any then that couldn't have been yeah. cool i can't believe that even then that was and that's because it's not even a good joke either. no and it's interesting that's the most that whole sequence when pj souls and her boyfriend drive up in the van or drinking beers and then have sex in the or start making out yeah on the couch that feels like the most slasher movie part of right. halloween because um Bob, her boyfriend, is the only person who you don't have any yeah. fondness or affection for. All the other characters you care about, like what's going to happen to him, because you're like, oh, I like them. Yeah, they he's remind just me there to my... get killed. Yeah. yeah, and he's like a dipshit. Yeah, and says something really gross. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's kind of like his character's written lecherously, but he doesn't really look like there's something he's about so those old looking those too. glasses. Yeah. yeah, it's just odd. Also, that whole segment though very effective and has you know an iconic kill yeah it's the one of the only times we see michael myers sort of out of character why does he put the sheet on and wear the glasses yes. is is it it's two things he either wants to use it strategically to get into the room to make linda think it's bob or he's truly playing with her like tormenting oh. like he wants to he it's, wants to yeah. her to feel safe so he can then scare her more. Like, is it 
is it calculated or premeditated? And if so, in what way? It does feel like just by what it is that it's, has some premeditation calculation that he's trying to do something that is, it feels it goes out of character of like, he had to find a sheet and cut holes in it. Yeah. And take the glasses off Mm -hmm. and be like, this would be funny. So he has some sort of sense of what, like drama comedy. I don't know. It's all very odd. Also than that, the, I love it all. It's obviously there just for the audience. Yeah. I don't think they thought it out, but yeah. And then the, tombstone getting brought into the bed that's kind of a big leap too like that's another thing you're right yeah Yeah. that's like he's he's he cares about message like he he (laughs) has a vision he has a vision yes and i do feel like there is another time when that comes back into it and i can't remember where he's sort of contriving a situation to be yeah and it's not in the shittier sequels but like is it in the newer one there's a moment where he does something Oh, that takes kind of um, has design or something. I, uh, I forget. Maybe it's that person who's going to be like the whistleblower type guy in the remake. Who's that guy? Who's the doctor? He dislikes. It seems like maybe he. I could be making this up. The way he kills, like somehow. No, no, it's the it's the cop, and the cop. he puts uh, his face in a jack o' lantern. His. Oh, yeah. But it just seems like it goes a little further than Mike. If we're kind of understanding him as an animal almost. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a little too much sophistication for... It is. And, and when I saw that in the new movie, I'm like, that's a bit much. And then I, in that moment I was watching, I went, well, he did do those things in the first movie. So <laughs> yeah. I guess we have to like take with our Myers character that yes. he has this flair for like macabre design it could also be like it's called halloween the movie it's about tricks and treats yeah and throughout the movie they're constantly always saying like somebody it's a night you pull tricks yeah so maybe it's just kind of this like overall but like uh i did think at first it seems like a psych at the end it seems like he's psychologically tormenting or by not responding to her it's sort of like i'm trying to get you scared now but at first it does. It seems almost like a guy, like a dork who doesn't have game. Yeah, where he's like, "How would I seduce a girl? I guess I'd make her laugh by putting on a sheet and glasses." Yeah. and then she's like, "Yeah, come to bed." And it's like, "Oh, oh I better kill her." <laughs> yeah. Or there is something where it feels like he was going to come in, then he sees her topless and is just kind of frozen in some kind of psychosis. Or right, because that's his sister. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then uh. And then also that she does come on to him. It's not like she's scared by it. Yeah. It's sort of like a, if, if you were an incel, uh, uh, that would be scary for you to have a woman in bed be like, yeah, come and have sex with me. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know why Michael Myers also prefers to be masked. That's like Jason was deformed. Deformed, yeah. M- Michael isn't. Well, you know, I thought when the, the beginning, the boyfriend, when he's making out with his sister, he puts on that clown mask. Yeah. And I was like, if this followed normal movie psychology rules, he would be wearing a clown mask because that's the mask he wore when he first right. killed his sister. Yeah. So it is just an overall, he likes masks thing. But if it was getting even more specific, I don't want this. I don't want him wearing a clown mask. No. I love the clown mask that he wears. Yeah. But you would think, oh, that would have some... I mean, maybe that's what it is. It's just like he likes wearing a mask when he kills people. I think it's it, maybe the psychology is that he just doesn't want to be seen. You know, like he's... The fact that he doesn't speak 
Mm-hmm. He just doesn't want to exist in a way. Well, and if if Dr. Loomis is always saying like he's emotionalist, he has no affect, there's nothing in his eyes, it's like he's maybe already made the choice in life he's wearing a mask. Like we all it's do. Like, yes. <laughs> and also I think the world can be a stage. <laughs> well, if it is, he's the set designer. <laughs> Judith Meyer's headstone lying on the bed. I mean, yes, that's the most. Work. That's the most stage directed. Do you think like Jason was holding like the gravestone and like looking at the time and being like, um, by the way, the the high school theater department stage director is maybe my favorite of the uh, types. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the person who like, and I love them. I say this with pure affection, yeah. but it's like, I love the theater. I love performance. But I'd like to boss people around. And I don't have a lick of talent to have done it professionally. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but... <laughs> he pulls... Myers pulls that headstone out of the ground. Like, he didn't dig around it no, in any way. And so carries it around. pulled it straight out. And then carried it up the steps. Yeah. I love also the architecture of all these houses are all the same. They all have that, like, long staircase. The thin staircase, yeah. And it almost seems like... Michael's got it mixed up in his brain that he's in this right. house. Yeah. Always like, oh, that teenagers go up these stairs. They all do. Sex, yeah, yeah. And I go up there and I do my thing and I kill. Yeah. Like, it's some weird cycle. Even, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I never thought about that. The Michael cycle. Michael cycle. Cycle wires. Where are you in your Michael cycle? <laughs> Call in. Uh, so the whole, you know, before she gets killed, um, the... There's kind of the whole, we follow Annie for a bit, right? And I like that um, long, uh, oh, when they go to the uh, hardware store, by the way, there's a moment where Dr. Loomis stands there and Michael Myers drives behind him. Yes. And it's like in Big Adventure, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, <laughs> yes, where the bike yes, comes up behind yes. Pee-wee and they part ways. It's like, <laughs> oh, you were so close. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, before Mike, before they pull up to that harvester, Michael Myers is tailgating them hard. Yeah. And so I thought, I didn't think about how the hardware store had been robbed long ago. I thought he had just done it and then got into his car and started following them. But they do a cool trick that I've never noticed before. But she goes, they're smoking a joint in the car, and she goes, oh shit, my dad. And for a moment you go, oh, was that not Michael? Her dad is a cop. Uh He's also an official-looking car. And I think for a moment, you're supposed to get confused. They do it a couple more times where like a car will pull up in a frame that says sheriff on it, and you go a moment like, oh, is that Michael? Right, at the house, yeah. It's a neat thing of just kind of like her confusing her dad and Michael at different times is uh, spooky. We haven't really talked about the fact that he's eating dog. Okay, he he's eating it. Yeah, because he, he, Loomis says he was hungry. That's the dead That's dog. What I was, not the, not the dog at Annie's outside of Annie's. Okay, but the but when dog, they, that part where they say the thing about it could have been a skunk. I think they meant it could have been a skunk that killed the dog. D- killed the d- no, yeah. Or, that, or that I the just carcass was a skunk. I I didn't know what they were referring to, but it was, it was a dog in there. Yeah, That's, it's a dead dog, and he was eating it. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the, not my Michael. It's uh, I also just don't even think of Michael as like needing to eat. 
That's the other thing. Yeah. But he does. Yeah, but why wouldn't he just go uh, steal some ho-hos? <laughs> you know, a dog? But he does kill a dog later. That like he's He's got two in this movie. He eats a dog and he kills a dog? Kills Annie's dog. The well the, the Wallaces. Or the Wallaces. Yeah. Because Andy's dog is Sandy on account of his Sandy Brown color. <laughs> From Andy the Musical, that's the second time oh, I've right. gone to the well of, they have the same names. It's a rich well. <laughs> uh, but that's a long, I forgot, I love it, but that's a really extended scene and yeah, suspense. It really like, is long. Because you think she's going to get it about three or four times yeah. before she does. Yeah, And I admire it because it does a cool trick, which is you think there's three different times you go like, this is the time she's going to get it. And then... They kind of let you drop your defenses yeah. and you get on. It's just the perfect sort of Hitchcocky thing where like they show her getting ready and they don't even suggest Michael. So when she sits in the car and he jumps out, it's like, well, you're not in the best kind of ways. You're not playing by the rules, which is like every time you've been showing him stalking and killing. This time you didn't. <laughs> Diddly-doo. Diddly-doo. Every time you show him stalking and killing. <laughs> uh, this time you did it. But do you like that whole part with uh, Annie? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I, again, that's like one of those moments where it's like just about too long, but it it serves its purpose so well. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, funny that though she just spills butter on her and then takes <laughs> off all her clothes and washes them and just wears a work shirt. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it's, they're really it's, they really Goldilocks the Wallace's house. Like everybody, like really makes it. There are Goldilocks, yeah. meaning you go into yeah. the Three Bears' house, make your own. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, everybody. Right. Yeah, like uh, Bob and Linda, they're making out on the couch, and then they go up into the parents' bed and have sex and smoke cigarettes in their bedroom. It's like, Jesus. guys, they could come home. And Michael kills a bunch of people there. Yeah, Cut without the even uh, wiping his feet. Did you notice that when they're making out on the couch, behind the couch is a really weird looking doll and a little rocking chair? No. Like sitting behind the couch, but facing the same way the couch is. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. What kind of doll? Like kind of like a lanky rag doll. You it's know what I thought when I saw that? Like the way they kind of like show the suggestion is almost like they're going into like sacred ground and like uh, desecrating it by going onto the cat. Like it feels like they're going into a place they shouldn't. And it's funny that it's almost like. How dare you desecrate the domestic living room I with know. your filth? Yeah, that's true. I know that, like uh, John Carpenter, when people accuse him of like, oh, it has some moralistic edge. His whole thing is just like, oh no, uh, they wouldn't be able to be like prey because they're having sex and drinking. It makes them be distracted yeah. and allows them to kill. I think it's partly that, but I also think it's just like it's what teenagers do and so none of this ever really feels it's not like it was my teenage experience yeah, not at all but i don't think it's weird that when teenagers are getting together they're drinking and smoking pot and fooling around like no. that doesn't seem like a contrivance it just seems like oh that's what they'd be doing yeah and it's really only linda apart from judith like yeah annie's just trying to get to paul but she right. can't yeah and and poor Lori or Better off for her, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what's uh She has a crush on that guy. Ben Tramer, rest in peace. Do you think Ben Tramer's a looker? 
Or we'll do you never think she know. likes this? We'll never know. Is he the one wearing the mask? He's part? wearing a Michael Myers costume. How so weird. That makes me, it seemed like that was like a franchise sort of costume that was big that year. Because he steals that mask from a hardware store. I mean, we know the, the famous history, of course, is that it's a William Shatner mask yes. that they painted and stretched a bit. Yeah. But what is it in that world? It's not a William Shatner well, mask. We stole the mask from the tool shop and then the mechanic's clothes, which is like... He got that from the tow truck driver. The tow truck driver. Yeah. yeah. That's like the ultimate version of the like knocking the security guard on the head and having the perfect matching like yeah. outfit to switch out into. Yeah. I mean, it's, thank God he did it to that guy, not a, a ballerina. Can you imagine <laughs> Michael Myers walking around with a tutu? Um, this time I noticed, too, how thin Nick Castle is. And, like, at times... Yeah. Like, Michael Myers is not actually that menacing a a figure i noticed that when he lifted bob up with the knife and he was like looking at him when he stabbed him on the wall yeah that's a lot of strength from a guy who looks smaller than bob yeah and it's a lot of sort of physics defying (laughs) just the fact that that i mean who cares it's such if we're gonna do like best kill thing again for this series yes we did that's got to be the one right yeah or judith maybe but i think it's because that was, I remember that being the talk of the movie. Yeah, that he can hang a guy on a knife. That kill. That, and yeah. I, I remember seeing that scene the first time yeah. I watched this movie and just being like, Well, Annie's Ugh. death is a little strange because she's choking her, but does he slash her at the end or something? Yeah, he does. Because then when she's in bed, you can see her neck's cut. That's right. But it's not clear. And this is the first time I noticed it. And they don't, it's definitely not a, I mean, as we'll say when we watch Halloween 2 next week that uh it's like uh, the big story about that is it was trying to keep pace now with these movies that had come out that were ripoffs of halloween that increased the gore and so when you see halloween 2 versus part one yeah. it's crazy yeah. the how gorier it gets and right. so the fact that we're even going like does annie's throat get cut in the car like mm-hmm. that that's at all vague is uh two years from then it would be like an absurd question to ask yeah and even linda getting choked by a phone cord is it's not exciting in horror terms like yeah. that that wouldn't pass muster two years later you can't just no, choke right. someone it almost feels like from a 50s yeah. Hitchcock movie of uh, the, yeah exactly yeah. Um, the and that has a nice little like I know sort of two sex death combination things like she's getting strangled and Lori thinks she's having an orgasm. Like they're fooling around and she picked up the phone as pretending to like have sex. Oh, I thought phone. it was, she thought like a, an obscene caller was oh. calling. Cause that was such a big thing back then The obscene to phone call call. and just yeah. hear deep breathing. Yeah. And as a kid, I was so aware of that. It was like in many jokes, but I never knew that what the deep breathing meant. No, yeah, I, mean, I just thought it was a guy who's like got turned on by just going, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, I like making this noise. Yeah, then the classic, like, the guy who opened the flasher. Yeah. That guy is who I imagine would go home and make yeah, the obscene exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's working from home. Perf, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, the other thing I noticed is when Bob climaxes with Lin- the moment he climaxes, Michael's shadow passes over What? Him. I didn't notice and it was that. Like, like, they make a little scary, like, when they're, him and Linda are having sex before they start smoking cigarettes, <clears throat> like, a- as he's having, when he's ejaculating, 
Michael like walks by. It's very weird. Oh, I've never noticed that. But I remember the first like inter the subtextual reading I ever did of Halloween was like I was in junior high and I picked up this book my sister had and it was talking about how the knife is a phallus and at the end when Michael when she's stabbing Mike you know like uh, and also she's using like tools of female dos domesticity to the like get him like meal? the needle point the and like a wire hanger wait this hanger. is in the book it's talking yeah. about halloween oh wow yeah um when you should read it i think i talked about it before is like the men women and chainsaws it's oh, by this woman did. carol yeah. clover i need but, to read that yeah uh but she um uh, that's where i think i initially read all that stuff but there's a lot of examples throughout the movie that makes just sense. like this weird kind of um i don't think it's like uh a simplistic thing of just like, you know, if you have sex, you'll die. Yeah, it's just I think like, you're oh, right. they're just interesting things to put next to each other. But when uh, Bob gets killed, yeah, and he first checks the little pantry, and then the back door, and then the third door, the the force with which Michael Myers pushes him out is truly just so frightening to me. Like, yeah, because. I think a, a, any horror movie again after that would show you a shot first of Michael Myers there yeah. and they would even register the reaction of the victim. But instead it's just, it's like that scariest moment in all of film and the exorcist three, when that like yeah. woman with the big scissors juts across because of the way the scene has been built up in yeah. the back of the hallway. It's that kind of thing. It's again, it's two false setups to a third one and it's all it's like a comedy i was gonna yeah. say it's like a joke how you tell a joke where yeah. you go like uh, he's by the window at once and then he wasn't and then he is and then he kills you yeah yeah uh um and some stuff is like i think supposed to be funny i do like that the movie's like uh takes itself seriously enough and isn't campy but you're supposed to i think it's supposed to be like a ride yeah you're like having exactly. fun yeah it's a yeah. roller coaster yeah like well, in that YouTube, uh, I remember I tweeted this before we, long before we started this podcast, I like tweeted a video. Somebody had recorded the original live audience in 1978 oh, watching yeah. Halloween yes. and, and synced it up with the movie and you can hear people screaming and losing their minds. That is really worth tracking down. Yeah. That, that, oh. Because it puts you where you're like, oh man, if I had you been the there. Music, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Michael ate a dog. I like the name of the comic books of um, Laser Man, Neutron Man, and Tarantula Man. Yeah. And what is the movie they're watching that's not the thing? It's a famous one. Because Leslie Nielsen's in it. Um, oh, uh, I think that's maybe Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Leslie Nielsen, who, who he's in a horror movie, but... Soon he'll be America's goofball. I know, yeah, wild. Um, so what else is there? Uh, Annie makes popcorn. <laughs> uh, she gets killed. I mean, we're basically on to the home stretch here, yeah. And just the the kind of cat and mouse between Laurie and Michael is it really does like you don't get a tension release even when she sort of fake kills him those two times. I would even have to yeah. think in the day you really don't you know it's not over yes well because it's interesting because i think like annie gets killed at like minute 
55. Wow. So, like, you, for an hour, have been... I mean, there's been scary stuff that's happened, but, like, it doesn't really... And then the last, like, big push doesn't happen until when she calls on the phone. Yeah. And Laurie picks up is right when that cat mouse kind of He puts ending. on his big art installation. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Michael Myers... Like, uh, Hitler was, like, a, an art student. Yeah. Do you think Michael was, like, a installation artist <laughs> yeah i think he was like a a proto warhol maplethorpe if he had just gotten Rachel into a good called. art school yeah instead <laughs> of sending him off to a mental institute just let him go and meet some cool kids he was a painter and judith was his canvas <laughs> that that gravestone in the bed does feel like a very like a yeah like a post-grad art program yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's literally a haunted house. Like, that's yes. what you would put for a haunted house in a neighborhood where trick-or-treaters come through. Do you think Michael also had, like, some peeled grapes in a bowl? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blindfolded yeah. people. But also, you know, like a bucket of little bite-sized Snickers. <laughs> he, <laughs> He's nice. Too cheap to do the big full-size candy bar. It's weird. There, There's a part where uh, uh, Lori says, uh, he asks about the boogeyman, and she goes... Well, Halloween is the only night the boogeyman can come out. It's like, what's this lore? Yeah, where are you getting this? <laughs> well, it's from Samuel's chapter. <laughs> you know, that has that famous song, <laughs> You and Me Together. <laughs> it's all bullshit. Uh, I like the little uh, boy who cried wolf moment that Tommy has when he sees him. He's like, it's the boogeyman. And then Lindsay goes, I believe you, Tommy. I know. They got their own little yeah story. They do. No yeah. characters wasted in this movie. They all have depth. That's true. Oh, when Tommy sees Michael carrying Annie's limp body, that's some Frankenstein, like King Kong yeah. shit. Like but seeing also, a monster like carrying a woman. We know Michael knows there's a back door, and he chooses still to bring her around the front of the house. You know what I also noticed that was weird was there's a part where he's looking through the window before they show him kill the dog. He's looking through the window. Uh huh. And then he looks through the back doors, and then they go back to his close-up of him looking through the window, and you can tell what they did was they took the front half right before it, the dog comes over and barks at him, and they use oh. that part as a way just to establish, like, he's around now in his house, we don't have any other footage to show it. Oh. So it's that, and then he goes to the back door, and then it cuts, and you can tell they just took the very tail end of it. It's like, why did he go back to that? And yeah. then the dog shows up. Yeah, it is pretty effective how they do that dog death too, because it's not graphic, but it's sad. But also, like th that dog is an amazing actor. Somehow, <laughs> somehow, like <laughs> goes through the death throes and then just slowly goes limp. How did they do that? How did they do that? Did they murder a dog? Oh God, maybe <laughs> they had Nick Castle. <laughs> They're like, Nick, just um, do us a favor here. You know how you ran around in the rain. Can you murder a dog on camera? And it's not a dog, it's your dog. Oh, okay, well, I'll do it as long as you can promise me that I get to direct the live-action Dennis the Menace movie 10, 15 years from now. I'll do you one better. You can add Last Starfighter. <laughs> Didn't he direct that? Yes! He did? Which isn't the guy from Last Starfighter, the, the Halloween romantic two hero in part two. Yeah. I want somebody to finally do the work of the Venn diagram oh. of... A Halloween movies and Last Starfighter crossover. Yeah, there's got to be more connections, right? I'm sure that... Somebody's already done this on a podcast, I'm sure. 
probably. But I'm sure Donald Pleasance and the guy who plays like the Ben Kenobi figure in Lost Starfighter have worked together. I forget his name. Uh, oh, uh, he's the music man. Oh, what's R- his name? Rex? No, um, no, that's uh, who am I thinking of? Henry- Rex Harrison is Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, and he's in Victor Victoria as well. Um, uh, it's coming up, and you've stayed with us this long. I know. I know when the person first pressed play on this. Dan Hurley. No. No. Robert Preston. Robert Preston. Sorry. I know when people press play on this podcast episode, they're like, I hope they figure out who the music band was portrayed by. <laughs> Finally. That's oh, why Robert I'm Preston. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, then we're just in this like final push. I wondered partly, um, you know, this movie. Is Wait, no- isn't Dan O'Hurley he in Halloween 3? He is. He's in what? Last Star- he's in Last Starfighter too. Okay, something was going on. Yeah. Well, they're probably all made by the same people. Favors being asked. Yeah. Favors being for yeah. fulfilled. All right. Yeah, um, I guess let's take it home. Right, the night he came home. The night he came home. Mm-hmm. That was the, a hell of a slogan too. Yeah, I remember that on the poster. And he says it. Doctor Loomis says it right when they get to the at the cemetery after the gravestones out. He goes, "He came home." Yeah. And then he looks and he goes, "Pretty good tagline, right? <laughs> Am I wrong?" But I think what's you know what most people would say is notable about this movie is like oh it's the first time that it's a horror movie where it's not a spooky castle on top of a Mm. creepy hill it's suburban yeah it looks like your neighborhood house Mm -hmm. and it's not even like texas chainsaw massacre where like you said where it's like it's not you're going out to the thing it's like coming into you but um i wonder also like oh this is still a decade hasn't passed since like Manson, like the idea of like home invasion mm. had to feel like a still pretty like new and the last house on the left has a home invasion thing too right but that still had to be a pretty like raw new terrain and so when i'm hearing those people like scream in that video i'm like partly like is this just the first time really people had their like safe home spaces kind of invaded this way i think so because i i remember i think the first one of these movies i saw in the theater was part four Mm. and i remember feeling like i didn't want to go home whoa yeah because so much of them happens in these houses i partly thought like that this morning when i was watching it in daylight in the morning i was like uh, I wouldn't like to be watching this by myself right now at nighttime because I'm in the thing where it's happening. Yeah. Like, there is a a disconnect with the Friday the 13th movies you can partly have, which is like, well, I'm not out in the woods. Right. I'm at home right now. Yeah, I'm even safe. Chainsaw or even Black Christmas because it's a sorority house. Right. right. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm not... Um, I would never be put in this vulnerable position where I'm in a house surrounded by people who, you know, like, yeah. if, if they were threatened, it would be scary. But... Yeah, uh, so that whole, uh, that's a real cat and mouse. I mean, I think my favorite part is the sequence right before the the classic, like the ritualistic discovery of the corpses that happen in all these slasher movies yeah. that are always funny. There's a part where she crosses the street and the music's playing. It's just like her walking across the street and like it's her point of view as she like walks up to the front porch and like 
wind is blowing and the neighborhood streets are empty. That's real creepy, man. It is, because we know what she's heading to, and she doesn't. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, I wouldn't... Uh, did you ever babysit? Like I, I, I babysat my brother's. Uh, I don't think I really... Because that's a whole other form of identification that we don't have, which yeah. is like, oh, to be in the position of responsibility for strangers' kids is also... Scary. Yeah, it's a strange thing. Yeah, it was so rare to have a male babysitter. It's, you know. Yeah, I I would almost kind of question like <laughs> the choices of a parent who has like a male <laughs> babysitter. You're like, uh. we I one time was babysat by a male neighbor, but he was also babysitting his two younger sisters who were my friends. So he was babysitting all three of us. Yeah, and it was fine. Yeah, that's in fine. fact. I remember being very clever because we all had to take baths. So it was, we all had to take them separately, obviously. But he came in before I took the bath and he goes, I'm turning on the water. And, I, and he drew a line in the bath with the soap. And he says, when the water gets to that, turn it off. And then when you're done, come on out. Oh, that's yeah. actually a cool guy because he's giving you a little, pos- yeah. uh, he's letting you be the, the, yeah. the boss. Not bad. Yeah. Way to go, guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, guy. Because I was, oh, that's the other thing is my best friend was a girl growing up like Tommy and Lindsay. So ah. like this neighborhood, everything was like, ugh. It's like a mirror. Yeah. You're like, is this a TV screen or a goddamn mirror? <laughs> <laughs> I get it, God. Uh, and Lori screams yeah. at like minute 80 when she discovers a body, but Jamie Lee Curtis is the scream queen. Yeah. Uh, but she, when she screams, it's all, her face is never like on camera. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's kind of like... Oh, uh, interesting. Never seen uh, Fred Astaire dance. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, no, I heard he's the dance. I uh, I met Jamie Lee Curtis once. Really? Yeah, I'll make it. It's really fast, but it was for love. We were shooting some Hollywood reporter, you know, dumb for your consideration thing, photographs. And Jamie Lee Curtis was getting her picture taken for Scream Queens was coming out. Mm. And we were running late. I was running late. And it was making... They were having to wait for us to take our picture before Jamie Lee Curtis could. And because I respect and admire her so much, I automatically thought... um, She's probably outraged that she has to wait right now. And I like... Because of a like a you don't want to have your heroes disappoint you thing. I like set my internal clock for like, if she's kind of mad that she has to wait, that's okay. She's right to, because you've inconvenienced her. And because I so set my mindset for that, when we came in, she made a really friendly joke to Gillian Jacobs and I about like the silliness of having to take pictures of the industry. But because I had geared myself up for whatever she says, just like nod and keep going. That's what you did. And that's what I did. And it was like, a, you know, I was. It was obviously I like am so inti- like impressed by her. I didn't know what to say, and I messed it up. Yeah, I messed up the moment. Oh well, but it's better we'll than if I would have tried to joke back and then it died. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And maybe you'll get another chance when they put us in Halloween ends. Hashtag put Paul and Matt in Halloween ends. That's the uh um uh um no I was gonna say 
that's the movie Shortcuts. For some reason, I thought ends and cuts were the same word. Halloween cuts would be a good one. It doesn't kill. But yeah, when we meet her, then we can have a laugh about it. That'll be we'll be nice. like, Matt, or Jamie, me and Matt got a real funny story to tell you. <laughs> uh, so... She kills him, huh? Yeah, I mean, she she knifes him with the needle. He gets back up. Then there's the whole closet scene, which is terrifying. Yeah. Because he's also like busting through the slats of that door, like almost with his head too. And he's just beast. And and she, like you, you get a, like just love for, I gushed with love for her when she sees the hangers and starts making one. Like I want her to live so badly. Yes. I thought the same thing that when I was watching that, I was thinking, and this speaks to the like timeless, would this still hold up? Would people still think this is scary? I was like, this movie's so powerful. It has you so much in its hand by that point. I was like, in 50 years, this closet scene will always be scary. Yeah. Absolutely. Like seeing somebody cower inside a closet yeah. and somebody smashing through and trying to survive. Yeah. Just as effective as her trying to, is get her getting out of the closet. Because yeah. I was looking at it and the only, the, top part is open like a dutch door so i'm thinking like well if she if she climbs out of it her foot has to come down on michael if she opens it she has to move his body which might nudge him but it turns out it opened and she could creep past the side of him yeah in scream 2 there's a really great scene where they have to climb over a dead body in a cop car what they think is the dead body to get out of the cop car and it's awesome because they milk it for every bit of suspense they possibly can and i was like if this was a different movie or a different moment, you could milk so much suspense out of the yeah. delicately climbing out of the closet to step over Michael and get away. But they kind of just... Because hey. also I think they they were doing that, but every movie needed to build on that. So yeah. it already what they are doing, it's a wide shot and she doesn't come out for a while. She's sitting there like, oh, what do yeah, I do? Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Oh, oh. So other movies had to be like, how do we keep... We're going back to that well, so we got to stretch this out. It is very yeah. scary. And the whole time you're watching it, it is what's awesome about horror movies, where you're just going like, I'm in this situation. What what I do? And, and you're asking questions. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's why you feel so good when she pokes him with the coat hanger, because you're like, you got a reprieve. This movie takes so much time to build up to this moment. But when this these moments start happening, there are hits. Yeah. Like, hits hit after hit after hit that otherwise would be peppered throughout any normal horror movie throughout the whole movie. And it saves them for this last, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, 10 minutes. Of There's like, so many like scary moments that, yeah. Oh. Well, and then when he comes out and he like uh, slashes her arm and then she falls down the steps. Yeah. I partly wondered like, Michael has so much strength and he's able to like pick up Bob and knife him. Like, I'm not saying, like, did he intentionally not really kill her? But it is interesting, like, Michael becomes a little... I don't see it as a failure of the plot. I almost kind of think, like, his affections for Lori kind of confuse him. Something, He's yeah. not as, like, monstrous. And, uh... Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that he becomes a little sweetheart. What about the... <laughs> what about the moment his mask gets pulled off? We talked about it a little bit, but... That they cast an actor just to play that part because he was kind of good looking. 
And though in the movie, you can't really tell because he does have the eye thing. Yeah, which is like kind of Rocky-ish. Yeah, yeah. like when Rocky gets his eye beat up. Yeah. That wasn't Rocky, was it? (laughs) (laughs) And then how quickly he cares about nothing else but getting his mask back on. Yeah, like a true incel. Yeah, it's like he's naked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really is. He's an incel. For he was sure. like he had the um, the internet to protect him. Yeah. It would be like if somebody was like, "You got doxxed." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! No, cover my face. My avatar is a <laughs> picture of the Dukes of Hazard for a reason. Um. <laughs> uh, not all incels are Michael Myers. But all Michael Myers are <laughs> <Yes>. incels. <laughs> and then Dr. Lewis kind of just rolls up and saves the day here. It, he's creepy himself walking the streets at night when he leaves the Myers house. I also don't away. really understand his detective skill. Like because he, he goes like, I saw the car. He he's thinks over. Michael's going to come back to the house. But it was outside the... Because I thought he saw it standing outside the Myers house waiting. The car? Making sounds at kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he sees the state of Illinois car yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So then he just starts walking around the neighborhood? Well, first he sta- he stakes out the Myers house. He stays outside for a long time. Mm-hmm. But then he runs into the sheriff, right? And then... Well, he runs into the sheriff because he starts walking. But I think he starts walking because he sees the... St- I don't know why he didn't see the state of oh, Illinois right. car outside the Myers house the whole time you're he was right. there. Yeah, good point. And I also don't know why I'm not this type of person to yeah. go, but we're doing a podcast right. about it. So, but like that motivates him to start just walking, and then the sheriff bumps into him with like a yeah. weird green light inside the car. Cop car. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a weird paranormal. And then I just love that the kids come screaming out of the house, and he doesn't even bother to talk to them. He just goes, this is it. And like a true man of his generation. Yeah. When he's, he's like screaming, he's just like, fuck it, I was in World War II. Yeah, <laughs> what's their problem is doesn't, it's not a hill of beans. I I fought at the hill of beans. <laughs> you know how many men I saw die face first to that hill of beans? You know how many beans I killed? You know how many burritos killed good men out there? I'm <laughs> beans, beans. Well, what hour food. were we? Where we made a fart? Well, stuff. we're at three thirty. Three hours and thirty minutes. Should we minutes? turn this into a two-part episode? Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. But ah, fuck it. Yeah, no. If you're with fun. us at this point, yeah, man. It, I would us. be. I would be bummed out if I had to do a to be continued. Yeah. If you were listening to this and you're like, wait, I have to find out when. But, yeah. Um, tweet if it you've is, made it this far. Tweet at us hashtag. Um. Um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Mileage. <laughs> <laughs> or mileage buyers, whatever. You I think Michael mileage. Okay, yeah, That's you've, so you've put in, you've put in the time, and you'll see on the hashtag. Click on the hashtag. All the other people that have made it this far. Yeah, they're your friends. Yeah, it's a community. Yeah. Okay, let's take this home. So, Loomis comes up, shoots Michael, and Michael does a kind of weird, like almost yes. '80s robot <laughs> dance where one hand goes up each time. 
And he flies off the balcony, which, by the way, is a totally different balcony in part two. Do you it remember is. this? Yeah. We'll get to that. The original balcony. Uh, balcony? <laughs> Cousin Michael. The, uh, I bet it was like the people who owned the original balcony. It was like, yeah, you can come back, but oh, you yeah. got to pay. Oh, They're yeah. like, oh, we know a lot of people with balconies. Not like this, you don't. But he falls back, and then, yeah, and then he falls under the grass, and he's just kind of sprawled out there. Oh. Lower back problems for that guy for the rest of his life, yeah. huh? I think we need to do a funnier dive video where he, he gets shot, he falls down, you use the footage, Loomis goes to look out, and then when he looks down and Michael is gone, we replace that with Michael on the ground going, oh, ow, <laughs> oh, help. Okay, I'll talk. I'll talk. Sorry. Sorry. Help you got me. me. Oh, no. I confess. I killed. You missed the tow tug driver. The, the neighbors come out and kind of have to, like, it's humiliating. They, like, pick him up and, like, walk him to the ambulance. Yeah. Why didn't those neighbors help Lori when she goes screaming in the door and they turn on the light? I feel like that's social commentary. Yeah, Kitty Genovese. That's, a, I was trying to think, that's the story of the person who was crying. Yeah. But it's scarier because that's in, I get that with the mean streets of New York City. Right. But this is Haddonfield, any place in America, your neighbor should mm-hmm. open your door. And isn't that Kitty Genovese thing an urban legend too? Like, people did call. Yeah, I think it is a... Yeah. Hmm. Um... Well, nobody called for Lori Strode, that's for sure. Nope, and, she had to run around. That might be, uh, that's maybe the most tense sequence is the banging on the door, Michael slowly, oh. like, and that would uh, get lifted a billion more times in other slasher movies, the sort of like, yeah. it's Terminator. Help me, yeah. You know, Terminator is actually like Halloween with a sci-fi element. Very much, yeah. Uh, because it's the same sort of thing of like he steadily walks, you can run as fast as you can, but he'll eventually he, he's yeah. got one single minded pursuit, which is like to kill and another synth score that's out of regular time that's right yeah yeah that's a that's a strange story where it's no time signature because it was kind of like recorded and played back on a variable mas- machine speed, not on purpose, oh really, so it's like a free flowing time it can't really be counted Whoa. yeah. Well, to add to the Pasadena of it, Linda Hamilton was a waitress at the Caros in that Terminator. I didn't know that. That's like in South Pasadena. Oh, yeah, I went there for Christmas Eve. Amanda and I rode our bikes and ate there. (laughs) And then I just ate there with my dad. Yeah. I didn't know that. So I think, like, I think James Cameron might have even said it was like, hey, I knew Halloween and slashers were ways for young filmmakers to make a movie that would get seen by people, but he knew he couldn't go back to the slasher well. So Terminator is just like, basically like, Oh, if Michael Myers got sent from the future to come back and right. kill Jamie Lee Curtis. <sighs> All right. Well, so we briefly talked about Ooh. the end earlier, but it is one of the most horrifyingly satisfying ends of a movie. To oh, me. and that part where, he notices that Michael's gone, but she doesn't see it with her own eyes, but starts crying because she senses yes, that he... she knows. The, yeah. yeah, the boogeyman is real. That's good. It's it's the most... It's the most unsatisfyingly satisfying movie ever made. Right. Ending. Yeah, yeah, because if... Uh, it's a perfect If the ending. killer, if the bad guy wasn't vanquished in most movies, you would think 
it's a cheat. But, yeah. Um, it, and also doesn't feel like what would become a thing where you go, oh, they're doing that for a sequel. It's, it it yeah. dovetails to what you were saying earlier, which yeah. is like the sequel is actually kind of like... Uh, it disarms uh, it. Yeah, yeah. It takes the teeth away from it. Especially since it picks up immediately after where he's literally walking through the neighborhood bleeding. Karate yeah. Kid Part 2 style where they pick up right at the... Part oh, 2 yeah. begins where right. the first one ended. Quantum of Solace. <laughs> yes. The, the big three. Halloween, Karate Kid 2, and Quantum of Solace. Thematically linked James spiritual Bond, trilogy. Yeah. Daniel Sun and yeah. Michael Myers all share one thing. They're okay. fighters. <laughs> James Bond and Halloween, I can connect through Donald Pleasance. Karate Kid. Hmm. Mm. Having trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and we're too deep into it to make it work. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Because in, now in the credits, Michael Myers is credited as The Shape, all capitals. Whoa. Fascinating. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that makes me who gets those sag checks <laughs> and what if there's another actor named the shape, the shape. um it's the shop <laughs> the shoppa well, yeah, i don't mean michael myers is played by the shape nick castle plays the shape there's oh, no michael myers in the credit oh it's the shape yeah by nick but castle. that lends credence to the fact that it is He's like i went to the gym <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much golly I don't call you the string bean, Mr. Carpenter. <laughs> this is a fine way to treat one of your actors. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, you were saying the credits. It's... Well, I think it lends credence to the fact that he's intended to be somewhat the embodiment of evil or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, because uh, he has no name. It's also a little like um, Clint Eastwood in those um, Few Dollar Moors movies. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the man with no name. Yeah, yeah. He's just kind of this thing that passes through and causes havoc but it's funny because he's called michael throughout the movie repeatedly <laughs> at no point yeah. do they call him the do they ever call him the no. shape Mm-mm. huh i think maybe they refer to it later movies but yeah it is an interesting little note yeah um i know in the sequels um they have a character or the actor Marker played the Sharpie. <laughs> oh God. That was three thirty nine. Three thirty nine. That's what they say is a long walk to a bar that's closed. Was that joke? But there's a bar right around the corner. <laughs> and it's Halloween too, and it's coming at you next week. That's right. And it's a it's a great bar with a good 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 crew. Yeah, it's almost as good a bar. Yes. Something's a little off. It's like the same. <laughs> it's like the bar you loved under new management. Yes, exactly. And the recipes changed a little bit to make it cheaper or something. Make it cheaper and also try to kind of like uh, uh, bring in a new crowd. Yeah. To appease a new crowd that's in the neighborhood. And you're like, guys, come on. The jukebox had great records before you <laughs> right. start putting on disco. <sighs> so uh, if you're going to watch Halloween 2 before you hear the podcast, look out for. Miriam the Marion the nurse for mm-hmm. Ben Tramer. Yep. Also Dana Carvey has a little cameo. Little cameo yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a cameo because he wasn't known. He I just think it's a, a debut. Part. Yeah, I think so. His first role. Yeah. And uh we Dana, also Dana uh I hope Michael doesn't Dana Carvey him with a <laughs> Dana knifey. Dana carve me. <laughs> 
Dene, his... Dene carve me. Oh. <laughs> Hello. That's Mike Myers of Shrek talking about his <laughs> former co-star from Wade's <laughs> Oh, Dana carve me. Dana, Dana carve me. That's good. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I know this episode was a little long. Um, it'll make up for, I'm going to say... Maybe Halloween five, four. I'm going to be struggling to even. I think so, Get an too. hour, yeah. and we're doing so. Be grateful yeah. we talked long we're, here, guys. We're building up some credit, and part yes. six we're going to do it twice. So I'm sure those won't be long episodes. But That's also, true. last time we did an intro episode where we just talked about the franchise on its own, and I think right. we kind of did that in this one. Yes. The good thing is we're explaining it by making the episode longer. <laughs> Well, I think we beat the record. I think we had a previous record. I mean, the movie is 85 minutes long. God. So we've talked more than double the length of that movie. Good work. Good work, Matt. This is a perfect way to start this off. I agree. I couldn't be happier. We want to thank Michael Cassidy for doing the theme song to this excellent, just lovely Beautiful work, as always. Yeah. And uh, I, for one, couldn't be happier to be back. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, I hope people are happy we're back, and that's going to be a real good time. A little spooky, for sure. Even as we get into the Christmas season. That's right. But isn't it so nice to be able to have this happening during the season? Like, yeah. you wouldn't want to be listening to these in August. No. And I hope you don't mind that we didn't get these out sooner, but we kind of want to be recording them during this. Yeah, come know? on, guys. It adds, so... We've got, after this, 12 weeks ahead together, and Mm -hmm. uh, I hope you stick with us and enjoy the ride. Bye.